Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Hotline League. It's an intense night, everyone. All Stars just happened. It's over. We're going to talk about that in the beginning of the show. Then we're going to be joined by eSports Pro, former World of Warcraft Pro player. Talk all about his World of Warcraft career. Take your calls about his World of Warcraft Pro career. Azale. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to talk about all sorts of League of Legends esports. He's stuff. probably the uh, the premier meme generator on the NALCS right now. Yeah, that's just, probably true. That's probably true. Just and the funny thing is, he doesn't even try. It just happens with him. Yeah. I don't know. Tonight, I'm joined by my co-host Mark Zimmerman, taking your calls all night long. If you've never seen Hotline League, you've never heard of Hotline League. First off, where you been? It's been six episodes. Everyone's talking about this show. They've got a sponsor interest. I have alone. I'm turning down Samsung, Microsoft, Apple, Google, all, all these people. They all want to get into the show, all right? Not a single believable sponsor. Where was Gillette? Where was, like, I mean, anything that would have been believable? Coke, all the biggest names. Mercedes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Porsche, they want to get in on this action. But you know what? They're not here tonight. You Oakley's. are. Oakley wants in. You know who else is here? Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, it's going great. Uh, my life is in full do nothing mode today. I actually I was doing my laundry and I was so like out of it, not thinking that I uh, I just locked myself out of my apartment with no keys, no wallet, no phone. I had a, four quarters from my laundry, and I had to walk to Riot to get Josh to drive me home. So <laughs> that's, so, that's so sad. That's like <laughs> yeah. It was actually it was it was great. I wasn't gonna leave my apartment if that didn't happen. Yeah. So you know that was a, that was a welcome break to have to walk home. Yeah. Well, uh, either way, uh, glad to have you back, as always, Mark, as my, my mm-hmm. co-host here on the show. Uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, there's a Discord link that goes out in the Twitch chat, um, and if at any point in time you see somebody asking about how they can get on the, the show, they put, you know, exclamation mark Discord, that'll spam the link. Mark, you want to talk about how that process works? Yeah, so here's how it's going to work, everybody. I'm going to need you to click that link I just spammed in chat, you join the Discord, when you get in the Discord, you're going to see that there's a voice channel called General and another one called General 2. Um, you guys are going to want to join those so that if you have something I want to talk to you about, I can pull you into the waiting room. There's also the text channels of uh, General, and that's where you guys should post all your hot takes and what you want to talk about. So I'll be scanning that over the course of the show. Anyone who's got something that uh, you know sounds interesting, I'll pull you into the waiting room, and then I'll do a little check, make sure your mic works, and then you'll be on air talking with Travis and I about whatever is on your mind. Yep. And there is also a uh, subs chat where if you are a sub, uh, it takes a little bit sometimes for Discord to sync up. You can put your question in there. I'm sure Mark will check it. Uh, it kind of gives you an increased chance of getting noticed. And yep. So the way, uh, the way I treat that is, is not that subs have more privilege. It's just that there's less people spamming in sub chat, so it's easier to read people's takes. That's all. Yeah. And you have your considered more valuable than everybody else yeah you're a better human being yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so if you'd like to be a better human being please feel free to sub as so many people are right now we'll get a chance to read those out uh right before the break but first off let's get into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing mark all stars happened this last weekend and it felt like something was missing from the broadcast you know like just something that really makes the events that i watch at the nalcs studio yeah, there's there's always like you know the mainstays that when you see that analyst desk, you just expect some people. Yeah, to be and there. Jad was not there. It was just terrible. I don't know where I, he was all weekend. But he's it, one of the biggest names for Ryan. Somehow <laughs> he's not there. Yeah. 
No, obviously you weren't there, but uh, I assume you were watching at home and following along. Yeah, about that. <laughs> what? So were you not? I, I was in and out a lot more than I, I I usually am. So like you know, worlds I watched all of it live, even when it was in the time zone. Uh, Friday I just uh, I didn't watch it all. I just hung out with my girlfriend. Okay. But I watched the other days. Okay. So I didn't watch when North America got eliminated. Yeah. Well, I mean that was to be expected. Yeah. Uh, yep. What did you think of the event? I um. It's tough. <laughs> I, I didn't like when it was all for fun and there were all these like stupid gimmick modes when it was like fire and ice and here's a ton of random uh, things to do. I, I didn't like those ones at all. My favorite was still, I think it was, what, the season three one? When it was kind of like this where it was all everybody taking it pretty seriously. Uh, but then they had actual things on the line where you got uh, better seating for worlds or something. And I, I don't want that to quite be on the line, but it, it was that was my favorite one. And this one... Did not quite measure up to it. Yeah, I agree with that, uh, and I'm I'm probably gonna release a full Travis talks just so that I don't take the next forty five minutes of the show to talk about all my frustrations with All Star. But it's weird. So last year felt like it was too long. Uh, it just was aggravating. I think how it just went on and on, and it was a lot of stuff that felt like it didn't really matter. I don't know. It, everybody's in Barcelona for like two weeks. It, it was just not, I think, the, the best way to run the event. The problem is this time they just like basically reset. They, this was as, uh, the lowest All-Stars has ever gotten. Uh, for views? Well, no, no. I just mean in general. Like It oh, just okay. felt bad, you know? And even the people that I was talking to at the event and the players and everybody just like, what is this event? You know, we're in the NALCS studio. Uh, it's... <laughs> it's... You know the Chinese fans are there. yeah like the LPL fans have just taken over because even the Western like LA people don't really show up. Um, I don't know. I was just really disappointed in the event. I that being said, there were some great moments. And I don't want to diminish from that. You know the Winions was a great moment. I was laughing my ass off in the audience and all that kind of stuff. It's just like yeah, it's it's weird when the Tyler One Invitational felt like a more unique event than All Stars did. I think that's where it fell short for me is like All-Stars, while it doesn't need to be serious, should at least be fun. And it didn't feel particularly fun where like there was nothing out there in Wayne's like Zach, like, oh my God, Wacky and Zany. I almost fucking missed them. I got to wake up. Yeah. Um, But I, yeah, I think like you should have Dash with the crazy hair and you should have all these crazy antics going on and like get them out from behind the analyst desk and have them like, I don't know, do fun shit. And I think uh, that is an area where it definitely fell short. And and, like when you look at the Tyler one invitational, like they, they can never just go full Tyler one invitational where in the middle of the cast, Riv is just like, holy fuck, did you see that flash? Like you can never go that far, but you could, I think, have done more fun stuff beyond like, here's the 1v1. Because the gameplay is always fine. It's like the hype around the event that I think needs, needs yeah. to be. Yeah, I think up. they just were, I mean, they were ahead, ahead of this event. They said, you know, we've decided to make All-Stars feel more serious this year. Uh, but then, and it, it just, the the real takeaway for me, and I think what, what eventually the video that I'll do on this we'll just talk about is like, no one knows what this event is anymore. You know, you've got teams that are there that haven't practiced at all. Uh, and are taking it not seriously. Then you have teams that are tryharding uh, and taking it very seriously when they lose, especially the teams that aren't tryharding. Uh, you know, I know Faker in particular was really upset whenever he lost. I interviewed him him afterwards, and it's just 
it, it's like, what even is this? You know, you have lollysports.com coming out with articles talking about, uh, you know, how it's like a joke article about the seriousness of the 1v1, but then you've also got them saying it's a serious 1v1. So I, I don't know. It was great to see some of the big names on, on stage and playing against each other. And there's like, you know, the Uzi, Bjergsen, 1v1, all that stuff is, is super fun. Seeing Bjergsen be faker, but just felt like a strange event. Just felt like a strange event. Right, and I think if you want it to be serious, I think there needs to be like a little bit more on the line. Like, what what was on the line for this again? Uh, honor and respect. Yeah, yeah, uh, that sounds like the kind of thing that people are going to prepare a lot for. Um, so I I'm mostly with you. I think even if you want the the competition to be serious, I still think you want some like level of like big memery going on. Yeah. I, not sure. Yep. Yep. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll see how it develops, and and like I said, I'll put out some some longer thoughts and content about it, and in a little bit, we'll have a chance for everybody to call in and kind of share their thoughts on All Stars, what they what they liked about it. Maybe some people thought that this was the best All Stars, and I'm certainly happy to hear from and talk to those folks and and others that have different ideas on on what they would have liked to see, and that would be really cool. Our our quick wrap up thoughts. The event didn't have a strong sense of identity and left us kind of like, eh, about the whole thing. Yeah, maybe. And I say this, you know, it's a testament because the event was not terrible. but it's a te- So it's a testament to what Riot does for their events, but maybe the worst Riot event in years. Well, I think, I think the reason you could make that claim is because, like, the sheer amount of star power at the event. Yeah. And it just, like, didn't, like, if you have Shocks and Dash and all the casters and Faker and Bjergsen and Uzi and, like, literally all the biggest name in League Esports, you should probably, I don't know, have, have do more with it. Yeah. But I don't know. But Even I, like, I admit because like, this, this was not that different than Rift Rivals, but Rift Rivals was in the middle of the split, and it kind of allowed you to, like, checkpoint. Like, what was on the line? Well, the, the ability to start, kind of prove yourself before playoffs and worlds comes this just sort of feels like a well you were at least sending over real teams and i understand the idea of all-stars being like your dream team yeah um but i i think you could do something else with it to make it more fun but like i said i think it's it's hard to come up with an idea that perfectly rides the line between competitive and fun yeah well uh i think we'll take a second here and we'll get azale on mark my whole plan for him was just to sort of interview him a little bit about his time at Riot and his background and sort of what he thought about the offseason, all that kind of stuff, and then, you know, open up the calls. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm always down for open calls up quick. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's go ahead and do that. So, everyone, we're going to take a quick break uh, so that we can get Azale on, and when he does get here, as I load up my exploit to prepare for all this, uh, when he does get on, we'll have, a, we'll have a lot to talk to him about. So we'll be right back. I'll be right back. All right, and we are back with Azale himself on the show. Wow, what an honor for you guys. Yeah, oh, and we're off. <laughs> All right, right so, off. I mean, you come on our show, and you don't have the right lights. You don't have the aesthetic matching at all. And I find that strange because, you know, you go to the LCS every week, and I thought you of all people, of all the guests that we have, would understand what it means to have your production value on point. Yeah. Yeah, all I'm going to say is that I'm placing the blame for that one squarely uh, in Travis's lap. Travis gave me some very vague instructions. Uh, no one has ever watched this show before, so no one could really tell me anything about it. You know, I'm asking people, I'm like, uh, do you know what happens on the show? Like, is there anything I should do for it? Everyone's like, what the fuck is Hotline League? So, you know, here we are. 
Oh wow! I didn't. We were didn't know we Pleasure were. Pleasure to have these, you. These levels of toxicity on this show. Okay, here we go. I think you'll be ready for some of our callers. This is good as hell. So, uh, okay, before okay. we get into the caller uh, moment, uh, let's talk a little bit just about, especially for for the folks that don't know your your background. So, uh, I used a picture to promote the show uh, of you in a leather jacket and with considerable <laughs> more hair than you have now. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so what is, you know, first off, how long have you been at Riot and what have you been doing there and, and what were you up to beforehand? Uh, I've been at Riot uh, like two and a half years now or something, but, uh, not all that was casting. Um, this is actually my, my first full year casting. I guess it's actually maybe getting closer to like two and three quarters, almost three years, but, um, I was on playtest team for a while. I did uh, a little bit of stuff like basically with like game balance and uh, live gameplay before that, uh, I casted other games. I was casting uh, StarCraft, Hearthstone, WoW. I was a WoW pro gamer from like 2007, 2006 till like 2014, basically. So I did a lot of pro gaming stuff, did a lot of tournaments. Um, I've cast WoW at BlizzCon, Hearthstone at BlizzCon, cast, cast lots of different stuff. So I've been doing esports pretty much my entire adult life, like since before I was 18. I've uh, been doing esports, and here I am. Great, great stuff, man. And uh, what have you thought of the the off-season changes and all that kind of stuff that we've been seeing pop up? Because I know you probably talked about this a little bit on the dive, but... Uh, as far as runes or as far as teams or as far as... Yeah, players, teams, uh, EU players coming over. I'm just asking kind of broadly to get, you know, at, we'll, we'll let the, uh, the Discord, or sorry, the Discord and the chat start to come up with ideas and questions to talk to you about. No, uh, I mean, runes and stuff, like, as far as actually playing the game, uh, I've really been enjoying it. I've been playing a ton of preseason. I, I do think it, it feels like there are more options to kind of mess around with and everything. I, I've always really enjoyed theory crafting and just kind of messing around with new stuff uh, in games. So preseason is a lot of fun for me. Just kind of try to figure things out, see what's OP, see what works, see what doesn't work, all that kind of stuff. Um, and as far as actual LCS goes, I've been very excited to start hearing the rosters coming to be, to see what teams we're going to get into the league. So uh, it's been very fun for me to kind of hear about some of the big brands coming in, uh, some of the big roster changes. I think everyone's going to be kind of hyped for, you know, new Liquid Squad, the TSM revamp, see how CLG is going to do, like some of the big four squads, I think, had quite a few changes. So it'll be pretty interesting to see who the best teams are and kind of how everyone's going to match up. Yeah, this is an exciting night, I realize, because in the past we haven't had a guest on that could really speak to the state of the game and sort of what's going on in game because I have no clue. And so Mark just Mark can talk about this stuff and runes and all that stuff, but I'm an idiot it's when it comes to legalizing. It's stuff. it's great because no one can correct me. Like yeah. even though I'm hideously wrong, Travis has no fucking clue what I'm yeah. saying. He doesn't even realize like he didn't know runes got reforged. And so it kind of, it kind of yeah, what's the, there were runes in League of Legends? I don't even really know. Is this like RuneScape? The, yeah, he's so, like <laughs> Yeah, so the cool thing is is that now it opens up a whole new line of conversation with all of our callers. If you guys want to talk to Azale about his time in the past, what he did at Riot, uh, casting, uh, I think there, we should probably try and grab a couple questions just from people who want to figure out how to do casting and get involved in all that stuff. That'd be cool. But also, if you have any questions about the state of the game, uh, runes, what champions you think are sleeper hits and maybe didn't pop out at All-Star, uh, you guys can start filling up the, the Discord with those questions now. Um, and we'll also Discord link is in the chat right now as well. Let's stop beating around the bush, Travis. Yeah. 
Isaac, were you watching earlier when Travis was was reaming out All Stars? Yeah, yeah. Wright is gonna have to suffer all ties after yeah, exactly. that one. I think. Yeah, he's about to get a call in a second from Ryan Perez. Just like get off the show. <laughs> if the screen comes black, you know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> Frog and DDoS. They're giving him a call right now. Um, no, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it is fair. What is what was your take on All Stars this past weekend, Azale? And I don't just mean like the production or a theme, but also we can talk about the games or any of the stuff that we saw. Um, I mean, I mean, kind of just, I guess it may be in response or just on the topic of, of what you guys were talking about as far as like identity of the event, everything. I think that's something that definitely people are struggling with as far as what they want it to be. Cause certainly like on Reddit and everything, it seemed like there was a lot of negative feedback, but then uh, people want, I think drastically different things from all stars. And I think that's, kind of how it's like bouncing back and forth between formats like there's definitely people didn't seem very happy with this format uh but at the same time like viewership and interest in general in the previous format was not particularly high for the scale of the event either right like when you're looking at the level of players that you have there like when you're talking about oh you have faker you have uzi you have all the biggest names in the world you have like world's caliber players like world's final caliber players all there how many people watched last year compared to watch MSI compared to watch like an NALCS final compared to watch all that other stuff. Right. It's, it's like the interest is just not as high for it. It seems like unless there's really, really high stakes, people aren't super interested, I think. Um, so to me, like that's, that's part of it. I, I think to, like my impression, and I certainly wasn't involved with like the planning and, and like everything as far as the event goes, but like my impression is, there's been a lot of asking from the community like we want another international event right like we want more international competition and i saw this all-stars format as a way to kind of maybe try to fill that void right like you have uh really good players you say hey let's make it more serious you only play with your own region uh it's no more fire no more ice no more air modes no more this no more that and we're gonna have some sweet summoners rift everyone's gonna be happy because it's international competition but obviously it's not the same because the teams are practicing together and everything um like, I personally like some of the fun modes. Like, I think there's maybe, like, a happy balance that you can find where uh, if it's supposed to be a fun mode, everyone's, like, almost, not forced, but, like, almost forced, you know, to take it more, like, more lightheartedly. And if you want it to be competitive, then it has to be probably, like, something, like, more stakes on the line or something else to force people to take it more seriously as well. Because, um, like, one of my issues with the old format, when you look at last year, like, I actually really enjoyed last year, I enjoyed this year, but... Uh, one of the issues I felt like with last year, for example, when I was looking at tandem mode, which, which I think is a super cool mode, you had people uh, like Bjergsen, I can't remember who he was actually playing with. He but, played with um, Faker once. I don't know if that was last year or not. But I know okay. he, he and Faker have been t like paired up together. Okay. Well, like with tandem mode anyway, like I can just remember Bjergsen was playing a Fizz. Uh, we had some people playing like Blitzcrank and like Yasuo. And like you have things that are clearly very, very difficult, right? Um, and... And then you actually compare that to we had Clear Love on Eve, we had Reckless and Uzi playing Twitch. Like that's just playing the champion. The second person isn't actually doing anything, right? Like if you're playing Eve, you're literally just sitting there. The second person is just pressing Q the whole time. There's, <laughs> there's no added difficulty. When you're playing Twitch, Reckless even in an interview is like, oh yeah, I pressed E every once in a while, and sometimes he told me to press Alt, right? Like Uzi's yeah. just playing Twitch. That is not tandem mode. That is just being super tryhard. So, like to me. Um, you almost have to like limit limit it because they're very competitive players and most people want to win. And if you're saying, hey guys, let's go have a fun mode and then half the people go super fucking try hard and the other people don't, then it's not fun for the people who didn't go try hard. You know what I mean? So it's like there has to be some way to kind of 
like find a balance, I guess, and, and have everyone on the same page. Yeah, I think yeah. like uh, things like Nemesis Draft is is a good way to kind yeah. of force people to have to play dumb shit and like they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that for sure. It's it's the worst when you see someone trying to have fun and the other person like hundred CS win condition. Let's go every game. Just gonna yeah. farm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean I mean that's kind of my opinion on it. I guess like I I don't think it's perfect. Uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting that. There will be changes going forward. Hopefully, you know they're they're gonna try to take feedback and change things. Like I I do think that Riot has shown that that's something that they're willing to do. When you look at LCS format change, obviously like went from best of one to BO3. We're going back to best of one for a reason, right? Like I don't think that uh, they're averse to to kind of responding to feedback and community sentiment. So hopefully we can find like a a way that it's enjoyable for everyone. Yeah, and yeah. I mean this this year was even I. I give them credit for the fact that this year, I think, was a response to some people who felt like last year's event was like too too long and kind of useless at certain points in time, and they tried to change it up so it felt like more clean and uh, a little bit more serious. But I don't know. I think I think it's still it's going to take a little bit more iteration before we get it to where, where it's at. Did you have any thoughts on the games themselves, or sort of the you know some of the meta that we started to see pop out? Uh, anything unique there? Uh, I definitely thought there was some cool stuff. I mean, I, I had watched like all the Casper Cup games, so I felt like I had a pretty good read on, on the kind of stuff I was going to see. Um, like I, I, for the most part, one, one of the biggest things that I'm enjoying more is that you can play a lot more aggressive junglers. I think tank junglers can still work, but I think like Kha'Zix, Rengar, we didn't see Rengar as in, but like I think those types of picks can work really well. I think that like you can go like almost full damage J4. Like there is more flexibility in um, the kind of builds you're doing and like the kind of junglers you can pick, which to me makes it a lot more interesting. Um, that's something I'm pretty excited about. As as far as like bot lane support feels like a pretty good place because I do think that there's hard engage champions that work well. I do think that there's poke champions that work well. The only my only real complaint with like where it is right now, and I, I imagine this is something that would change over time, is Comet in comparison to some of the other runes because oh, Comet yeah. just feels like like too good and. I want you to be able to run poke supports and all-in supports and all this stuff, but right now it feels like you can't do, like, press the attack 80 carries, you can't do these sort of um, crit-based 80 carries because everyone's just going to poke you out in lane. And, and maybe that has changed with um, Fleet-Footed getting buffed and stuff, but, like, that's the only thing I, I kind of didn't really enjoy because it felt like it cut out a lot of the 80 carries that you could otherwise play. Yeah. Mark, any thoughts, or should we hop into calls? Um, I guess the one thought I'd, I'd want to hear Azil's opinion on is upping the stakes of the serious part of All-Star, because I think everyone wants some seriousness and some trolling and like fun game modes. But one of the things that was lacking, I think, for some people this year for the serious game mode was like any sort of implications at all. Um, and I know people don't didn't like it, you know, way, way back in Season 4 or Season 3 when it was like winning gave you benefits at Worlds and stuff like that. But what do you, what would be something that you think you could do to increase the importance of it, uh, so fans had like more reason to watch beyond like I'm gonna watch the big names because I feel like that's something that was missing. Um, for me personally, like I, I feel like it should be more of just like a like a fun event and like less serious and have more like goofy modes. And to me, like I think it's are, are you changing the colors on me? I just turned into a Hulk or something. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure here? out a way to make you. You literally are like now the most monochrome. Blueberry. 
okay person all right well uh, you so do you like, travis but um add a filter here instagram style. anyway uh, <laughs> he looks like he's like in the eiffel 65 yeah what is yeah. happening well it's but, all uh, back to normal now so okay okay we figure out uh, but out. anyway so like my opinion is that, like i would personally like the world in which i would love to see it live is that one where it's more personality based like, i don't did either of you guys ever follow uh, starcraft like home story not, cup and not sort of thing? yeah home story cup is great yeah, so oh, wait, Home Story Cup is Home Story Cup is something where basically this one guy he was hosting StarCraft tournaments out of his apartment, right? And it's like the pros are casting the games, the pros are playing poker, and there's like cameras watching them do that. The pros are just like hanging out and joking around and, and this sort of thing. Um, and and that's something that I think takes like a lot of buy-in and interest from the pros because I don't know if if people would even be interested in doing that. But like, if you actually uh, could get people interested in doing that i think that would be super fun right like i would love to have have an event where like bjergsen and, and faker are casting like casting some of the games or whatever you know these sorts of things where it's like it's more fun it's it's less serious because as far as the stakes go i feel like from talking to a lot of the pros they don't want stakes because they don't want to practice because the season is very long and mm-hmm. there's already like you're coming out of worlds you want to maybe relax a little bit like straight out of all stars you're the teams are already starting scrims now, right? Like serious scrims are already starting and adding another tournament where it's like, no, 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 no. this tournament's for X amount of money or this tournament's for like X advantage of MSI or worlds or whatever it is. uh, To me, that just like forces your hand where it's like, you're almost creating a G2 vacation situation where it's like, oh, if you don't take it serious, you fucked your region or you're an asshole. So you have to practice, you have to grind. And I don't think that they want to grind, right? Like does Faker want to come straight out of worlds and like, get right back to the grindstone, like practicing with a team that he's not even going to ever play with during the regular season. Like, I don't think people have the interest in doing that. Yeah. I actually kind of like, so one of the things I was talking to a friend about was that if you're not going to put stakes, like a prize pool or anything into this tournament, you could turn it into like a pseudo vacation. So I'm sure all of us would love this. uh, But the idea of like having it in Hawaii at some resort you don't even need an audience if you kind of merge it with the Home Story Cup idea where, like, the whole... It's just, like, a bunch of people playing League of Legends at a resort. You've got, like, Dash and Bjergsen hanging out doing analysis by the pool. And it's just kind of this, like... I think Hearthstone, for instance, still maintains, has maintained a lot of that grassroots feel at their events. You kind of have, like, the zany stuff that happens. We don't really have that in League of Legends uh, anymore because... The idea was like push the professional stuff so it's in a studio and it's cool and there's all this production. What in a world? What about in a world where you just like slash the production budget? You don't have an audience, but you just make it super silly and fun. Uh, that'd be kind of fun. Even even in a world where they like outsource the production to a group of people that you know aren't going to try and bring crazy cameras or whatever, and they're going to run a lot of it off of webcams and that kind of thing. It'd be it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I mean that's a Pro Bowl and football does that. They or I don't know if they still do, but when I watched, they they it was in Hawaii, um, and I like I like the seat story cups or home story cups, whatever they're called these days. Summit, the same thing for Smash Bros. Like I think all those are really well received in their communities, so a similar thing could work. Uh, in, but in Hawaii, uh, you just want to go to Hawaii, dude. You just want a free let's, vacation. Let's go to Let's go to Cabo. Let's go to. You know, uh, you know, it'd be really low budget, Azale, if they didn't bring any third party media. 
That's true. Third party leaders are costly. That would really slash the costs. Yeah, they're not flying me places. Yeah, but they have to accommodate you. They have to introduce you to players. You add stress. They don't introduce me to Are you around? Because you're probably going to get into some trouble. Yeah, it's a vacation for players, and no one adds more stress to a player's life than Travis. Let's take some calls. Let's open up the lines. Who wants to? Who's got something they want to talk about? All right, I got some people in the waiting room. Just a reminder for everyone: if you want to get on the show, I'm posting in Discord right now. Hop in there and make sure when you type to me, give me some hot takes don't do not start your sentence with i want to talk about blah 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 tell me what you what you're saying in what you want to talk about so i think all stars was great i think all stars sucked dick i think azale sucks dick you can say whatever you want but please don't start with i want to talk about all stars because I, I understand that's that's your topic yeah uh while he's in the Anyways, other, I'll be right back. and while he's in the other room shout out to a couple of subs z duke x subbed christian bach rafters andrew says hey daddy all-Stars was Resident Sleeper. Thank you for that sub. Uh, Thorn719 subbed. Ozu subbed. And a couple more coming in. So, Zale, just for your context, Mark drops down the other channel. He talks to them, does like a tech test really quickly, and then drags them into Sick. the channel. So there's a little bit of a break between each of the callers, which is kind of nice. So he'll have somebody up here in just a moment. Or, alternatively, no one's interested. Yeah, no one's interested. Who you got, Mark? Sir Cattle is on the show. Sir Cattle, where are you calling from? Uh, Sydney, Australia. Oh, welcome. Our first caller is uh, from an international location. That's unusual. Thank you so much, Sir, Sir Cattle, for calling on. What do you want to talk about? I just want to talk about how they could maybe make uh, All-Stars both that fun and competitive drive to it. By like, I still remember quite well the uh, XPK mid with the Garen like solo kill getting out crazy kind of stuff having those fun parts in but then like they didn't really seem to have enough of like competitive games like each team played three games I just didn't find you got a good enough seeing of those teams and yeah I I, I did kind of wanted to see like a all for one champion mode or something like that just to have those memes and everything so what would you like to see? Do you just did you like last year's format a lot? Would you just like to see that return, or do you think that there's something in between? Like, what is your ideal all star, Sir Cattle? Like, just both of them combined together. Okay. So ha have like a day just dedicated to having fun games, and then another day of like or three days having that competitive tournament, just so you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think the problem is that you start to end up in a world where the players don't know. Like, I think this event was kind of like that, too, where there wasn't enough time to take it seriously or prepare for it. And so in a world where you're, you literally have both, it kind of lacks that identity. Is it serious? Is it not serious? And the players don't really know how to handle it. And I think even, like, the broadcast doesn't know how to handle it, right? Like, are, is this to prove that you're the best, or is it to just have a good time? Yeah, fair enough. Also, I mean, to, be, I... to be fair to him, though, like, I would say, you know, if you look at for example, like an NBA All-Star game or something like that, right? There is, uh, like, the actual game itself is, I mean, it's not super serious, but it's more serious than the dunk competition, than, like, you know, the three-point competition, that these things are, like, more very clearly, like, the fun mode type things, right? Like, where, as far as from the broadcast point of view, they're not talking about, like, implications on these people's career if they're not doing well in the dunk competition or something, you know? Like... <laughs> It's, it's more for fun, and then you have the real game where it's a bit more serious, but it's still, you know, kind of for fun. Yeah. I think uh, that's something that 
even like the main all-star events at the MLB and at and at, uh, NBA, like while they have the fun game modes and they have the actual all-star game, some people like go out and try and do, you know, pretty good at those events. But then you also have like Shaq trying to like shoot threes and stuff like that. So yeah. I would like to see it kind of maybe on that level where like, you know, people are trying to win, but every now and then it's just like, ah, screw it. You know, this doesn't actually matter. And they just go for something fun. What about um, if uh, there was a fun mode? Just kind of popped into my mind where, or maybe this is a competitive side or something. I don't know. All the players have to pay, play on launch league of legends. You got 40 champions. The graphics are <laughs> not nearly that great. Uh, you have to deal with the kind of sketchy rune pages and masteries. Uh, I don't know. I think that old, old timey league of legends. We can just get rid of all the, the new talent and bring back all the casters from back in the day too. <laughs> Yeah, you've just got like Riv and Freak and Freak's basement, Freak's mom's <laughs> basement, uh, just casting it. That'd yeah. be good. Six on fire, Cape Garen. Let's that's, go, baby. Actually, that's where we're we're trending right now. You know, we went from Barcelona. Now we're in the NALCS studio. Next year, if the trend continues, we'll be in Freak's mom's basement. You know, like uh, just Freak right has here. his own basement now. You know, we could just use his basement. No, no, no. It's got to be Freak's mom's basement. Oh, okay, so, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I assume he lives in California. And it's not commuting in. And I don't know if anybody in the state has, has basements. Either way, That's thank you so much, Sir Cattle, for coming on the show. Good to talk to you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Hold it, hold it down in Australia. I shall. Yeah. Thank you. All right, a couple more subs. Uh, we've got Soret, who resubbed for four months. Korea lost. It was a great event. Uh, he really likes the event. J4Y'all has subbed. Impossible Katana subbed. Dallas Apartment subbed. Harry Toe 2 resubbed happy anniversary he says a posh jade all right mark's back who do we got this time lay big bear where are you calling yes. from lay big bear i am from issaquah washington so basically seattle okay you know there's an area in california called big bear really yeah the world yeah crazy what do you want to talk to us about big bear <laughs> Oh, well, I thought All-Stars sucked because you really had no real reason to watch it. Because, like, even the whole, like, Uzi storyline where it's like, oh, he finally won something. It's like, who gives a shit that you win All-Stars? Uh, so I was thinking maybe you take uh, notes from traditional sports where I know you guys kind of touched about it, but the MLB had that the home one team got home if they – what – Everside got home for the first. They got rid of that, though. Yeah, they did get rid of it. But just like (laughs) trying to make it matter in some way or the NFL, like since it sucked for so long and nobody watched about it and all the players didn't care, they just tried to make it something interesting where old players took it and they would like draft a team. So maybe getting players from different regions to play with each other could also be interesting. Yeah, I mean, they've done that in the past, too. What what could be done, because Rift Rivals doesn't matter, also. Why don't you pair up the two, Excuse like... Excuse you. That was a serious international tournament. What I, <laughs> I meant was, like... Did fantastic at, and was clearly indicative of our was... skill in comparison <laughs> yeah. to Europe. Exactly. Absolutely. What I what I meant, excuse me for misspeaking, uh, yeah, Isaac, yeah, was, okay. was that it didn't play into regular season or worlds at all. It was uh, it was a very important event, but it didn't have serious implications. Extremely prestigious, very yes. important, didn't affect worlds. Could yeah. we tie that in with all stars? Where like whoever does better at all stars or something is who gets to host Rift Rivals or or something <laughs> along those lines. So like yeah, uh, yeah, you, you could try and tie in those two events because they don't 
have importance at Worlds or something. That's actually a good point, yeah. Rift Rivals being outside the circuit of connection here uh, could somehow have some sort of, like, All-Stars has some sort of impact. You, the problem is with this is that you can't make it super serious, like the impact, because the... There's, it's just the time of the year that All-Stars is at. Like, there's no yeah, way for exactly. these teams to actually prepare and, and take it seriously. You know, is a player going to be negotiating his contract and being like, sorry, yes. I can't sign until after All-Stars because I'm too busy uh, scrubbing with my team? But, like, that's why I think the Rift Rivals idea is fine. Like, if it's just who hosts Rift Rivals, it doesn't yeah. super matter. To, to me, though, that the argument doesn't really hold water about, about Rift Rivals, because if your argument, and, like, I'm not saying it does, this stuff doesn't matter, because, like, I still, even as a fan, always watch All-Stars, because I just like watching these players play. I still will watch Rift Rivals, because I like watching these players play. But, like, if you're saying Rift Rivals doesn't matter, and All-Stars doesn't matter, then why should anyone care if you get an advantage at one from the other, right? Like, does that actually add any stakes? Like, if your argument is, both these events don't matter, uh, but let's make them related to each other. And that's going to make it competitive, right? Like to me, that you have to then, like, it's kind of arguing like, against yourself almost. I feel like Rift Rival, Rift Rivals actually did matter to an extent. It was not like it didn't actually matter, but the fact that people like felt emotional more about it. I think like, I think people, the, the when we say it doesn't matter, I think it doesn't matter in terms of. In impact on worlds or regular season or like tie into as, as Travis said the yeah. circuit but I think people enjoyed Rift Rivals uh, because it allowed them to see how their team stacked up internationally I mean uh, I, I would say personally that that like so uh, so obviously like th there's more of that but like I, I think a big reason that the English audience felt somewhat disconnected from All-Stars personally is because both NA and EU didn't do well and NA and EU <laughs> yeah. did not play yeah, each other right like yeah, but the but viewership, people, at least on Twitch, was not great when NA and EU were still in. It was much better. It was better. Like, yeah, it was much better. There, like there is when you watch when you watch like Rivals, I think the biggest reason that people resonate like resonate more with Rivals is because it's it's a huge rivalry. Like NA and EU, people love talking shit. People love saying like NA smashes EU, EU smashes NA. Like oh well, you know, people are just more engaged with that. Like I, I personally feel like if if you had the semifinals and it's EU versus NA people all of a sudden feel like way more engaged. People feel like it matters much more, you know? Like, I don't know how the LPL fans felt or the LMS fans felt about One the guy, event. Like, I would be kind of interested was, to hear that. He was saying from, he's from Korea and thought it was interesting and enjoyed it. But he said he probably people probably hated it because NA lost to... Uh, well, see, I'll keep my eye on the Discord and see if he chimes in again. Yeah. All right. Also, I, if anybody wants to talk about stuff that isn't All Stars, I don't want to turn this into the two-hour-long oh, yeah. show about how All Stars sucked. Um, as much as you know, I, I think that there I, is tough to talk about there. I have uh, someone in the waiting room who is cool. not going to be talking about All Stars. Hey, but thank, we have thanks so much, one more Big Bear. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Do you want the last uh, All Star caller? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll wanna... take one more All Star All Star caller, and then we can move on. All right. Uh. <clears throat> Let's see who else. Oh, there we go. Hello. Hey, Puddle. Uh, where are you calling from? Hi. I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey, welcome to the show. Mm, great. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. You were actually <laughs> yeah. maybe the first person to make that joke on the show. Even well, though there, I, I, you know, I, I've had that one in my head for like three weeks now. So. I'm Travis, Travis, come on. <laughs> yeah. Don't pull his leg. 
Puddle, yeah. you're a genius. What do you want to talk about? I mean, no one believes that yeah, he actually yeah. listens anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to beat the All Stars topic to death too badly. Uh, but I did like the event. I think maybe that means I'm, I'm not the target demographic for esports or something because, you know, there's so many mixed feelings about it. But I, I do think that my ideal kind of postseason event would be voting for my favorite players and then seeing them play real five v five League of Legends. I don't think I have any strong desire to see kind of goofy game modes or anything like that um so i think maybe that means that like i said i'm not the the target for this kind of event or something like that but i did like the format of all stars and i think i i strongly disagree with maybe the common sentiment that there was this confused identity or something like that so it sounds off, like you're the exact target yeah i was gonna say it's like, like i love this event it was exactly well, I, well, what i, mean, I wanted well, it's not yeah. for me well only because so many people you know it seems like they're most people, it seems, disagree with me, right? That there's, you know, the majority of maybe uh, everyday esports watchers seems to feel a little bit differently. Yeah, one, I thing, it, one thing I will say about that is, is even though, like, obviously, like, Reddit sentiment seemed pretty negative, um, people, like, a lot of people still watched, right? Like, people still yeah. are interested. So, like, there are, I think, with a lot of topics, it's, like, it's a, a very vocal group. Like, if people feel very strongly, oh, this is shit, or, oh, this is amazing, then they're going to talk about it, or, or maybe, like, let their opinions be known. But I think there still was, like, a large a large group of people that did enjoy it, right? Like, I wouldn't think that, that you're, like, the only person or something <laughs> who enjoyed sure. All-Stars. We found the, the one, one guys. Yeah. Well, guys, guess, so what uh, did you... Did you okay? Were you because a lot of the, the counter arguments would be that this was not like yes, you you voted in your players, you saw them on our team, they played competitively, but some of the counter argument would be that the players didn't really have time to prepare for it, or you know they didn't. Some of them didn't take it very seriously, and others did. Do you not have any issue with that complaints or with those complaints or with those issues? I I don't think so, and I think the reason is because it's like you know these are faces that you don't you're never going to see play together again, right? Like, I don't think that there should be any necessity that there's like, you know, 12 hour days of practice or some sort of strange all-stars boot camp that everybody's going to. Uh, I think I'm more than happy to see, you know, people that are unlikely to play together, play together and see some chemistry and some dynamics that you will not see during the normal season. And that can only be done in, in regular 5v5 league, right? Were you were you okay with it being in the NALCS studio and sort of the show that yeah. you saw? Uh, so that's the thing that I did want to talk about is the one kind of disappointment for all search for me was I, I was disappointed that it was at riot because I, I don't necessarily, I don't think that I understand the purpose of kind of like involving the whole community in a fan vote and, and getting everybody's favorite people all together. And then, you know, because I would have absolutely let, and I think I definitely would have come out and seen an event in a bigger, you know, a, an arena or something like that. And I'm surprised that a huge event like All Stars, where you're getting so you know people's fan favorites, and then it's completely inaccessible to the fans to actually attend. I think that that's my. If there's a disconnect for All Stars, that's the disconnect for me. I mean, you say that, but there were probably a hundred LPL fans that flew across the ocean to attend. So yeah, it's hard so to I, imagine you couldn't have made it for Salt Lake City. Maybe, maybe I could have, but I think that. I just think it makes sense to be hosting events like this in a in a bigger stadium. And I thought, Travis, that I saw you tweet something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, no, I agree. I'm I'm joking a little bit because I I'm torn right now. I don't know if all the LPL fans were there because the NA audience wasn't really interested in attending and buying tickets, or what the deal was. Because and some of the days it seemed kind of empty, right? So 
Uh, what you definitely don't want to do is find a stadium or something like that and have it a quarter full. Because first off, from a budget standpoint, that's terrible. And for secondly, it just looks awful and feels bad. Um, but, you know, I do think you could have tried to find like a theater in Los Angeles. That's what I suggested in the last show. But I, I worry also that, uh, you know, I'm just kind of concerned about how many people would have shown up. I don't know. It's an interesting uh, situation. My final question for Zale and kind of a puddle as well. Did you feel like the players' personalities were shown off enough at the event? Because that's one of the things I felt like I was missing. And maybe I just didn't watch enough in between the games. But uh, it did feel like it was not like too much fun stuff going on with the players themselves, like being able to do stuff. Um, I mean, I could answer first for me personally. I think there was some players you got to see a lot of personality from. Like, I think that um, the best display of that to me was like Freak doing the like the smoothie bar interviews and things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I thought that was really fun. I thought like Craw, like his interviews talking about Reddit and stuff, kind of showed off his personality. I thought we got to learn more about Jisoo. Um, and then you know, like the Afro sneaky interview, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some like the. Yanko's POE interview I thought was hilarious. Like I thought there was some good stuff, but uh, as as far as like how how much is being shown off, it can be tough because a lot of times, uh, like my impression is that people don't want to do more. Like they they are either uncomfortable to be on broadcasts more or whatever. So it's like I like I think that it would be cool if we could find more opportunities to show off player personality because I always think like that's an excellent thing both for for us, for them, for everyone, right? If you build up player brands, more people want to watch their games, more people want to watch the league, more people want to watch everything. Like, it's just it's just good all around. But you need player buy-in, right? So if, if tons of players are super interested in doing it, then, then I think that'd be fantastic. But if they're not, then it doesn't matter how many opportunities there are if no one's raising their hand. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for calling in, Puddle. Good talking yeah. to you. Uh, thanks. Looking, looking forward to hearing you in the future, sh uh, future show. Of course. All right, we are done with All-Stars. Okay. I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm, done. I'm over Moving it. Moving on. All right. Uh, yeah. If people want to talk to us or Zale about his life, you know, what's he doing? What's that animal that was in the background uh, that moved around a little bit ago? Uh, I have a dog. I have two cats. Yeah. And you can learn more about that in a second. Uh, at Azale, at Ride Azale. I, yeah. I caught the second half of that. Am I doing it right? Yes. There, sure. There we go. At Venus is on the show. Where are you calling from, Venus? Calling from uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. How's it going in Pennsylvania? It's uh, it's, it's all right. The snow's kind of piling up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Well, what do you got for us and Azale? <sighs> um, I got the uh, the new Clash mode that was announced today. Oh, kind yeah. Of Semi-competitive thing. Yeah, so for those that don't know, Clash is a new feature that's coming to the League of Legends client next year where you will be able to enter into... Like it's a short run of a tournament that takes place over, I think, a couple days. And, yeah, I think I think it's a couple days. Yep. Uh, and this was announced officially. If uh, Zale's trying to figure out if it was announced officially or not, and it was announced officially, <laughs> you enter with Blue Essence. <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's, okay. It's on number one on Reddit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you enter with Blue Essence, and you compete in a bracketed format over the course of, I think, it's a couple days. It's and, tickets, not Blue Essence. Oh, is it? You buy a Did ticket. You even Fucking watch. I did watch. Maybe a new host. I thought you bought. Do you not buy the tickets with Blue Essence? You can buy it with, I think, RP or Blue Essence. Okay. I'm not, or I'm you not can sure. earn them. Yeah. Supposedly. Oh, true. Okay. Well, either way, and so it's kind of a cool way to have these in-game uh, events. So, what do you think of this this new introduction, uh, Venus? 
So I've, I've done like a lot of those like, you know, team speak tournaments from like years ago back when that was kind of like a big thing. So I've done a lot of things where it's like you match up with like people you don't really know or I've done things where, you know, you're matched with people you do know. And it's, it's kind of feels weird in the sense that if you're with like people that you have no idea who they are and then you just match with them, it kind of it's, it's kind of like all stars actually in the sense that you don't really have that like cohesion but it's just kind of fun to mess around okay we're done talking about all stars being a yeah, all right sorry don't bring don't you dare bring it up we'll <laughs> kick my, you my, out my of the bad. call um right. it, so i actually missed this do you just get matched up with randos i i'm not really sure but i i, I think you can do either like okay. match with randoms yeah, yeah. or make a pre-made yeah um i don't know if this mark did you catch that in the video as you're typing excitedly into the discord Motherfuckers keep leaving. <laughs> maybe that's maybe this is what they want to talk about. Um, uh, no, it wasn't. I know what they want to talk about. Okay, Anyways, well, uh, what was the question? The question is whether or not in Clash you team up with a group of friends or you get assigned like a group randomly through the queue. Uh, I know you can get assigned a group randomly, and I believe you can play with friends, but I don't know exactly how it matches between the two, if it's like dynamic queue-esque or yeah. what. Uh, maybe. Yeah, Twitch um, says you can make a team and play. Pre you can play pre-made, so... That's how it works. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you'll be able to have both options, uh, Venus. The, the thing that's interesting to this, this kind of reminds me of when, uh, if anybody remembers the old school Battle.net days of playing like Warcraft 3, and they would have a tournament that would take place over the course of a weekend um, within the client. That was kind of cool, and something that I'm surprised doesn't exist in more modern games, so it's kind of cool that they're bringing it to League of Legends. I mean, yeah. I, I personally think it's a really cool idea. Um like I think that there's when there is something on the line, like there it feels like more important. There are like higher stakes, you know. It's it's ranked, but I guess maybe to like a even more serious level or something. Because if there if there is like your at blue essence or your RP, which is basically just your money on the line, then like I feel like people in general will take it more seriously. But for me personally, just overall, like I think team based play is just more fun than playing by yourself. Like. I enjoy like I enjoyed ranked teams way more than I enjoyed solo queue. I enjoy flex queue more than I enjoy solo queue. Like I just think it's more fun to play with friends. And if you can actually have like a group of people who are taking it pretty seriously and like trying to figure out strategies and trying to figure out pickmans and like practicing different picks and stuff like that, like it's really fun. Because um, like obviously at Riot we have Riot Rumble, which yeah, is our like, internal thing. Do you compete yeah. in that, Azale? Yeah, Ooh, Azale is the. Weren't you? Didn't you like make it to like four finals in a row and lose all of them until recently or something like that? I haven't even played it four times. Uh, yeah, I, I made it. I made it to finals twice with with one of my teammates, and we won this time. We lost the first time. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. There was someone who's like the king of uh, losing in the finals, right? It's it was it was uh, Scott who was one of my, one of my teammates. He oh, lost okay. three times in a row. Well, I guess two times in a row, and then he won this time with me. But we oh, lost okay. the first time together. But it like it's it's really fun because that's that's basically like our company-wide tournament and the TLDR is people like get split into divisions based on your rank. It goes from masters to bronze. Um, and for like the highest divisions, we do drafts and stuff and people like draft players based on what they think the champion pool is. Or if you know them well, like who's going to be the best to play with and we do pick band stuff and people like some people take it very seriously and they practice a lot as teams and stuff. And it's, it's really fun. It's, it's a much more competitive, like, version of of ranked as far as like not as far as skill level necessarily but as far as like people care more right and like i think that's really really fun to do when like having everyone be like their absolute most try hard like communicating doing all these things and that's something that for the most part is missing in ranked like 
speaking for myself, when I play solo queue, you know, I'm relatively high elo, like, you know, diamond, whatever, but, um, I pretty much just don't want to talk to anyone. Like I, I mute everyone. <laughs> I have no interest in talking to you. Like Same. I just want to play because a lot of times it's people I don't know. And it's a lot of times people are going to be toxic and it's going to frustrate me if I, you know, like if that kind of thing happens. So I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's, it's cool. Like if it's recreating that sort of a, like a sense of urgency or a sense of, of the games really mattering, I think it's really fun. Yeah. What do you think about potential like paywall? Like if this is going to become your preferred mode to play, are you at all concerned that, about the fact that you're potentially going to have to spend money to play this way? Do you think this should be like potentially free to play? I mean, I have, I have no idea about like what costs are going to be or anything like that. Like, you know, my, like if, if it's something like the closest thing I can think, like, and I don't honestly know anything more than, than watching the video myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if like if I'm comparing that to like what, okay what's similar to that in gaming it kind of feels like Arena in Hearthstone right yeah I was where, gonna say it feels like Hearthstone Arena yeah like where if you're if you're doing well then general if you can keep doing it and just like and you know getting go your, infinite yeah go infinite like that sounds pretty cool um, but I mean I, I think it, if it's like my personal opinion and people will, probably some people will disagree like I, I like as long as you can earn like blue essence to do it like on a somewhat regular basis like to me i wouldn't really care if you have to then pay to do more because like i would i would rather this be somewhat limited because otherwise then it just feels like the same as as playing flex right like if it's if it's literally like no cost whatsoever because i'm assuming there's going to be rewards right if you can get yeah. cool rewards and if you can get like there should be some sort of thing associated to it because otherwise people don't care if they lose right like i want people to care if they're in, in my thing with like I don't want it to be people are just like, oh, we're down one kill AFK. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Something that I, I saw that the video focused heavily on, like, there's going to be a lot of rewards. There's going to be, you know, big rewards for winning this thing. And also that um, they said it's not going to be like, you know, every week or something like that. It's going to be kind of like spaced out. So I think that's going to emphasize like how much people are going to actually try in it. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how it comes it comes out for sure. I mean, it's early days. We just got it announced today, but yeah. it does seem like a neat way to really like promote competition and playing with your friends and you know building out a team and all that stuff. And Lord knows we need that NNA because that's the only way we're going to get true NA talent without importing players. So yes. this is this is the path to success for NA. We must incentivize people to give a shit yes, and become exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> plus, plus, I think one of the things that's really missing from ranked play is like. I actually feel like pick and ban matters zero, like in, in solo queue type thing, right? But if you know who you're playing against, like if it's a situation where you can actually see who you're playing against and like OPGG them or whatever, like I like do the pick ban stuff is to me at least a really interesting part of the game. And like, that's a really big difference from competitive to just playing by yourself. Like if you're just playing solo queue, you should basically just look up what is the highest win rate and ban that every game. Cause mathematically that's like the highest increase of chance to win, right? But there's that's not interesting. Like that's not really fun. But being able to, hey, like if if it's a world in which people are actually like target banning players and stuff, and having yeah. a bigger champion pool gives you an advantage. That's pretty cool. Like having counter picks gets you an advantage because oh, like I know Mark only plays LeBlanc or whatever. Oh, I practice counter pick. <laughs> you think oh, I play nice. League of Legends? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like that's that's yeah. cool. I think, and that adds such a different dynamic than. Than solo queue where it's it's literally irrelevant what you play you just queue up and you play your one thing or you don't or you, you do whatever you want like there's no yeah there's I, no second layer i especially like the idea if you can like have a day to scout your opponent and you can say like 
All right, well, I'm not going to ask my team to ban this thing. I'll just prepare a counter to it. And then you actually feel like you're really preparing versus just like, let me look up everyone's most played and ban those. I think like yeah. the fact that it, based off the video, seems like there's a larger portion of lead-in time to your games where you can actually personally prepare for like those games. Yeah, yeah. The, the tournaments that I did before, it was like, oh, you get matched up against this team, like just type in their name into like OPGG and then most played ban that. But it's good that... It's like incentivizing actually seeing what people play and then banning out, you know, like what you don't want to play against. Venus, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hope you can Thank pull you for having me. in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, right? Yep. Yes, I remember it. There we go. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, a couple sh- more shout outs. <laughs> shout out to AdamXX, TrevTrev19, Dunk, Donkey Punch Dan, WBP77. And Bobacola for gifting a sub to Natsuki XIV. Uh, Salvatore is on the show. Where are you calling from, Salvatore? I'm calling from Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, oh baby. Let's go. Azale. Is that where Azale, you live? you live next to that, right? Yeah, I don't know that, what the geography is. I mean, like... Canada is actually just one hill, so like, you kind of live at like, <laughs> yeah, the bottom mean, of the hill. I'm more like We have top. like 10 trees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you been to Nova Scotia before, Azale? I think as a kid, but I don't remember it at all. Like I was like a baby. Well, it's now now we have two Canadians on the show right now. Uh, what did you want to talk to us about, Salvatore? Uh, I actually wanted to talk about the new Cloud9 roster. So I'm like a pretty big C9 fan. I have been for a long time. But I actually think this is probably going to be the worst roster that they've ever had. And I think it's literally just because Licorice is on the team. Wow. What do you, what do you got against Licorice? Um, my issue with Licorice is like I feel like He's literally just never performed. And, like, he chokes harder than Jensen does in, like, game fives. Like, it's actually terrible. So I see Licorice as a pretty high-caliber Challenger Series player. But he's, like, I don't see him going anywhere past, like, top half of top laners in NALCS right now. And, like, I think they could have done so much better. Because I also don't even think Licorice's, like, potential is that high compared to other NA top laners that they could have gotten if they wanted to keep Svenskeren. So I covered the Challenger series a lot this year, uh, and I kind of understand where you're coming from because there's a group of players who have like always smashed Challenger and just not translated at all to pro play. Like Chris, um, Solo has glue, Golden Glue. Uh, <laughs> Solo is someone who hasn't had a ton of chances. Um, where he did get some on Echo Fox when they had like their visa issues, but he hasn't really shown it. So. I can see where you're coming from. I don't know if Zale feels any different. Uh, honestly, like I, I don't. I, I I'm not going to profess to have a huge amount of knowledge about him. I think I think that one thing I will say is that my impression of Cloud Nine, like from when you're looking at the roster on paper, I, I definitely think a lot of people are like it, it's almost impossible to make the argument that it's an upgrade, right? You lost Impact, who uh, mattered so much for the team as far as individual performance, like. At the start of the year, I thought he was, or start of summer, I should say, I thought he was actually pretty bad for a long time. But mm-hmm. as far as shot calling, he contributes a lot when he's on form. He's one of, the, if not their best player. Um, so losing impact was obviously like a really huge blow to the team. And I, I don't see Cloud9 being as good as they were this year. Um, really, no matter what Licorice does, like really, I, th- I think it's it's pretty hard. But you have to give credit to Cloud9 as far as like actually being able to to raise up talent. Because to me, Contracts was probably the second best performing jungler in summer. And you know, like he he was someone who's a very young player. I think that they've had a pretty good track record of finding guys and like having them perform pretty well. So you hope that like this is based on their scouting. This is based on their interactions with them because like they're gonna 
know more than we are, right? Yeah, I don't feel like Cloud9 has ever been the team that picks up like the superstars and then just brute forces their way to success. It feels like they just build like a pretty good comp of players and then, you know, combine that with talented support staff and then they find success that way. So, I mean, do you you but, you're still concerned about the Salvatore? Well, like, okay, the thing is that there were other top laners who weren't superstars that they could have picked up to keep Svenskeren as an import slot. Like, if they had tried to go for somebody like Zig or even, like, Alorum, I think, has a higher, like, potential than Licorice does right now. Like, I think he he plays tanks better, which is generally, a t like, a, the meta for top lane. And I think he it's easier to learn a carry role than it is to try and yeah. learn tanks. Because Are you tanks, Alorum? Like, you Are you calling into the show right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's smart, dude. Yeah, he's like... This this one guy, Alorum, he's just the best. I no, don't know why Cloud9 wouldn't wouldn't pick him up. No, I, I do love Alorum. Like I really like that guy. He's super nice. But I just think that I think the issue is that for me, Cloud9 picked up like one of the worst possible options that they could have for top lane out of like potential NA top laners. Because I, I don't guess... see Licorice getting much better than he is right now. I guess A, like you have to wait and see a bit to to see like how it actually pans out in NALCS. And the other thing I would say is, like, it, it's very easy to be like, oh, like, why didn't they get, like, you know, if you're looking at any talent or something, like, oh, why didn't they get Sig? Why didn't they get Hansa? Why didn't they get Darshan? Like, maybe those guys weren't interested. Maybe they asked for too much money. Maybe, you know, like, there's a lot of things like that that, like, I really, nothing against Licorice, but, like, I really don't think that Cloud9 went into the offseason with, with their master plan to, like, lose impact and get Licorice, right? So all, all I mean is that I don't think this was, like, plan A, right? I think... Yeah. You, you're you're expecting that uh, like Cloud9 has been one of the best orgs consistently in NA for how many years, right? Since since their inception, like this is a team that has been doing very very well. So like I give them the credit of of like thinking through their options and, and trying for their options. And my guess is that a lot of them didn't work out because like I don't think that you get as, as many finals as Cloud9 has been. In. I don't think you win as many finals as Cloud9 has been in without like you know. If, if you're literally thinking, oh, this is the best possible option we could get, right? Like, this is this is what our number one choice. Like, my guess is it just didn't work out, and that's and then you have to get what you can get because everyone's competing for this pool of players. Like, especially with franchising, if more money is coming into the league, I think that like contracts become very very competitive, right? And people want more and more money, and and he's that's definitely going to be very really hard. You know, if the rumor is think... on Golden Guardians, he'll be super competitive. <laughs> I think uh, like, they, they also had the option too to like import it, yeah. a top laner and get an NA jungler because like they've obviously shown that they can train NA junglers really well with contracts, right? So, I mean, it, the problem. Well, is, but I, again, who do you get, right? Like, and if you're looking at some of the rumors, if some of the rumors are to be believed, you know, things that are getting posted on Reddit, if Impact's getting a million dollars, if you know these guys are getting a million dollars, seven hundred fifty k, this and that, like maybe maybe they don't want to spend the money maybe they don't have the money maybe other people want it even more right like that's Jens, maybe that's jensen's right. costing you five million and you're like well there's all the budget we got it he is 400 million dollars a <laughs> yeah, year yeah. exactly i mean that's uh that's a that is a, the thing is that i think and i've been trying to sort of echo that in my interviews with owners is money i think was a big issue in this year's roster building in a way that it hasn't been in the past i think the other thing to think about um, uh, Salvatore is just that you know Parth tweeted this thing out before I think it was Parth that was basically saying like you can't just look at the individual skill level of every player on a roster and think like oh that's the best way to do it 
sometimes it's about more than that. It's like the synergy or what players like to work or what, you know, what play style they all have together. And so maybe there's a world where like, you know, cloud nine tried out different players or talked to different players or scouted a bunch of different players and felt like, you know, some of the other options were just not a good fit for them. The other thing is we don't always know what's behind the scenes. There are situations where, you know, you go and you talk to a team or a player and you say like, Hey, what's it like working with this player? And they're like, he's a dick. Don't pick him up. You know, you don't, there's just a lot of different factors. Uh, on the other uh, hand, you could be right. We're all being uh, Lakehurst apologists here. Maybe Lakehurst sucks dick, and Jack doesn't know what he's doing and just lost the offseason. And, uh, you know, that's an entirely possible situation as well. So, finally, the most important thing, where does C9 finish as a result? Do they finish top five, top four? Isaiah, what do you think? I still think they're top five. Where in the top five? So I think it's, I think, uh, TLTSM is is top two. I think that like CLG is actually looking pretty good. Um, I mean, when you start getting past there, like, I I don't know who 100 Thieves ADC is supposed to be, but like, that's a team that could have some potential and whatnot. But I still think Cloud9's roster, like, when you're looking at like Golden Guardians, when you're looking at like Optic, when you're looking at a lot of the other teams, like, I still see them as, as a top five roster. Like, I still think that they're probably a playoff team. Um, not like a, t- a top playoff team, but probably still a team that's going to be in the quarterfinals. And you know, yeah, be- I, I agree. I, I think uh, you look at a team that was the best performing North American team at Worlds, and Sven isn't really that much worse than Contracts. I think it's pretty. I think Contracts was better, but like, and and obviously Sven had an offer Worlds, but like looking at their regular season performances, I don't think they were that different from each other. And then you have a downgrade at top lane, but. Is it enough to knock them out of playoffs? I don't think so. Salvatore, you disagree with us, so you should also guess. Where will Cloud9 end up in the rankings next year? Uh, I think they're actually going to end up third or fourth against Ooh. CLG. You made it sound like, like they were I, just like, it's it's just like licorice sucks and Cloud9 is going to fall apart. The worst shit that has ever happened, they're yeah. going to finish third. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that like... They they still obvious like they still have sneaky smoothie. They still have like I think Jensen and Sven Skarin are gonna be super good together. Yeah. I think like the biggest issue is just top lane is gonna be so inconsistent that I want like I'm hoping that and like I see potential for them to be able to, to finish third or fourth. But like I think it's also very easy for them to just lose first round of playoffs. Yeah. I just think it's funny. I it's like you're I mean, the they, perfect... they lost first round of playoffs this year. You gotta remember that. Yeah. With impact, right? They lost in quarterfinals. They had to go through Gauntlet to get to Worlds. So it's not like, even though they had a good Worlds performance, I think if if we're talking about Cloud9 as a quarterfinal area team, we're really not saying they're that much different from what they were this year. Because like, I think people look at it through you know rose-tinted glasses when you're like, oh yeah, they were the only NA team to make quarterfinals. They're godlike. They're clearly the best. But they lost in quarterfinals. They didn't even go to Boston, right? Like they weren't the, even. The in. difference for me is if they go to the gauntlet, I don't think they're like making it past one round. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like I don't think there's like any chance in hell that they get past one round in the gauntlet if they have to go there. Salvatore, thanks so much for calling in. We will find out next year if you were right or we were right. Uh, but appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. Uh, that was a fun. That was a fun call. Poochie two thousand one. Thank you for the sub. Vu resubbed. He says Hotline League is more interesting to watch than this year's All Stars event. That was the least enthusiastic. Thank you. What for by me? The way. Yeah, you're uh, like uh, Poochie. Thanks for the sub. 
like that. If I was Gucci that guy, 2001. Thanks if, for the if I was that guy, I instantly unsubbed. Like I like <laughs> already clicked. Do not renew. I'm Connor, the lovely gentleman, is joining the show. <laughs> Where are you calling from, Connor? Love, like, I'm calling from New Hampshire. Hey. Uh, Long time not... listener, first time caller. Am I right? Yo, but you're the first one you to make right. that joke you on the right. show. <laughs> Yo, wait, wait, the first one. Yes. Yeah, no one's I'm ever made that. Feeling before. really good about that, though. Uh, all right, Connor. Uh, what do you want to talk to us about? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, casting and if the talent pool right now is too wide to even attempt to get into it. Oh, this is great. I love this topic. Uh, I, I think there's no say... talented casters at all on the broadcast, so I feel yeah. like you'll be able to. I just think there's walk a couple good ones and a couple you could definitely bump off. Yeah. It's, de- there's it's at definitely least very one talented caster in the call right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's very similar to to reporters. You know, there's like there's just no one good and like no like, one and all the good ones don't to, have jobs. No They're all unemployed. You know, that's, <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah, a, exactly. That's yeah, the real trend. Brought around out of pity. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, so Connor, so you're, do you want to contextualize your question a little bit more? This is so you want to talk about casters and if there's enough room. Uh, do you have? Do you yeah. want to be a caster? Maybe you can you can spell it out a little bit more. At least as like a hobby, maybe career. I don't know, but it, like if you look at the casters that go to like World or something, they already have like what thirty people coming or NA team is like eight people already. I'm not. I'm pulling numbers out of out of the air. But... That's okay. We don't use facts on this show. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just the numbers are already so high for who's in the industry. Like, how much room is there? The talent's already there. So, what do you do? I, I personally think that, like, there is room. Um, I mean, there, there's lots of people who, like, are relatively new and are getting to do stuff. I got to do World Finals this year, and this was my first full year of league casting, right? Like, I've cast uh, a lot of other stuff, and I've cast for a long time, but Captain Flowers is another example. He was at Worlds this year. Last year, he was literally casting... From his bedroom for like you know uh, events that very very few people were watching freaks mom's um yeah uh like eu is is literally they're they're searching for color caster right now uh quick shot is posting on twitter saying they're looking for color casters i've seen things about like the lpl english broadcast was looking for casters there's there's a lot of a lot of regions and stuff that need casters and there's like there is turnover and there is opportunities I think to get in. Uh, as far as like, is it easy? No, I think it's I think it's hard as fuck. And I think that most people that are casting the top top level stuff is like are people who have been doing it for a really long time, right? Like I was talking to Quickshot about this. Like the first time I, I started casting in 2010, right? So I've been casting for a really long time. Quickshot said he started casting in 2006 or something. So going on 12 years for him, right? Like a lot of people do it for a lot of time. And if it's something that you enjoy and it's something that you're passionate about it, then you should do it for fun and you should like try to work your way up, right? There's like there's smaller events you can do, there's things that you can like practice at, and if you're good, I think that there's gonna be more opportunities. But like if someone is doing it just to become like, Oh, I only wanna do this if I'm gonna cast for LCS in like a year or something, then I think there's no chance and it's the same way I feel about pro gaming. Like if you're if you're loving what you're doing and you're working really hard at it, then I think you can get to where you wanna go. But if you will only be happy that you spent time on it, if you will become a pro gamer, if you become a pro caster, then I think it's I think it's like kind of a waste of time. Azale, what is the? Because I'm I'm assuming you get this message a lot. You probably get people tweeting you, DMing you. Maybe your DMs are closed. I don't know. But do you get a lot of people reaching out asking how to become a caster? Yeah, yeah. Because I get that all the time with content creator, YouTube, whatever. But so uh, we'll just clip this part of the show out, and then you'll have something to link to everybody. 
How do you recommend people go about becoming a caster? If they want to cast on the LCS desk, they know they can't do it. Maybe like 2018 season, how do they get there? You start casting. I mean, it's it's like, it's honestly, it sounds stupid, but you have to practice. It's something that the people who are doing what you want to do now are people that generally have thousands of hours working towards it, right? Like, I think very few people got where they got by luck. I think most people got there through hard hard work, whether it's, you know, in doing interviews or casting or um, whatever it is you're doing. Like, most people spend a lot of time doing it. And I think you can start casting your friends' replays. You can start casting... Like there's there's community tournaments and things like that that have you know a handful of viewers that you can cast those. There's I mean Captain Flowers like the clip that kind of got him famous is you know doing English broadcasts of of like LMS and things like this, right? So there's like there's opportunities, but I think you have to go out there and you have to start doing it and you have to be doing it consistently because the people that are already doing it are working at it nonstop. And if you want to take someone's job, you have to be better than them, and that means you have to spend more time. You have to work harder. You have to you know, become better. Connor, do you have other questions? Uh, do you think you, uh, like, at this point in time, do you think along with hard work, you need a gimmick to your casting? Or, like, to be overly hyped to break into the scene as a new caster? Like, I know Captain Flowers is, like, a super hype guy, and he's, like, one of the newer people. Like, to gain an audience, do you think that hype is required? Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I don't think so. I think that, like... Uh, if, if you're a play-by-play guy, I think, you know, being, being exciting, being like having hype moments is certainly a prerequisite, but I think that's true of every single play-by-play. I think if you're trying to be a color caster, um, you know, I, I know Zyrene was making like YouTube comment content and doing like analytical stuff. And like, I think that there's ways that you can get in without it having to be like screaming over clips and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's just making content that people want, like showing that you have knowledge for the game. Um and like and being consistent right and and if you can show that you you know a lot about the game if you can show that uh like you are offering something and you're like working on your technique and you're doing all these things then i I do think that there will be opportunities i think uh just to chime in coming from even broader of an angle from like content creators streamers this kinds of thing you should have a reason that people should watch you like if you can't say what separates you or makes you special not to everybody why but like at least why some people should watch you if you don't have a good answer for that you need to find that answer somewhere because like as i was saying there are people out there who are doing really cool stuff a lot of people uh have things that separate them like for me i was a coach i actually worked and lived and breathed the scene for two years behind before i started being more on camera and i think uh, a lot of people have stuff to separate them and make them stand out. And it goes well beyond esports. Like Dr. Disrespect stood out because he put on a mullet and a mustache and started screaming about how he's the best. Like, like you, you don't need a gimmick, even though that one kind of does fall into that category, but you need to stand out for some reason. Shroud, on the complete other hand, is just fucking amazing. That's why people watch him to pull from non-league examples, right? Like PUBG, yeah, for those that don't yeah, yeah, PUBG. One guy is hilarious. One guy is just the best, and they have things that stand out. And, and it's the and same everyone... guy, Doctor Disrespect, the best and most hilarious person <laughs> streaming PUBG today. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There you go, Connor. Uh, anything else you'd like to, to ask about casting? No, I think all my bases are covered. Yeah. Thanks so much for calling on the show, man. Thanks, yeah, man. thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. Cool. We got a caster question. I always appreciate uh, whenever we got something specific for. Our folks, you get uh, do you get people? I guess you even at events, I'm guessing people come up and ask you that stuff. 
Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. I think I think people. That's like one of the most common questions I get. Like as far as DMs, as far as like at events or things All like right. that. Before we intro the next guy, can I just get your thoughts on this, Azale? I whenever someone asks me how do I get into this or how do I get into that, what I always want to respond with is like if you can't Google someone's responses that are already out there publicly, <laughs> you, you probably are gonna have a hard time making it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> you, you ever feel like that's just too harsh to tell people? Because I, I always want to be like, hey, you know what's going to help you a lot more in life than me answering this question? You learning how to figure stuff out on your own. I, I mean, I, I, I feel you, but I'll, I also think that people. So a lot of times, I think people are just like hoping for some motivation or something like that. Like I feel like a lot of times it's it's more they're just like they just want to hear that it's doable than they're actually yeah. looking for specific advice. Um, but I agree on principle. Like as far as if you're not already doing it, you're probably never going to, right? Like if, if you say you want to be a programmer, you say you want to be a caster, if you're not working at it, you're never going to be one. The harsh the harsh answer, anyways. Yeah, I would just say, just to kind of add on to that, it's it's funny. I appreciate and I understand why everybody reaches out to me on like how to get into esports or how to advice on how to do the content creator stuff or whatever because it is kind of hard to, there's no like academic path. You can't take a class on this stuff. On the other hand, I have a YouTube video that's been sitting on my channel for a while that I've promoted multiple times, and it, it does kind of drive me crazy when people can't just like look really quickly to see if I've done this before messaging me. Jason, where are you calling from? Hey, calling from Arizona. Arizona, right around the corner. Is it cold or hot there? It's like the one month of the year where it's pleasant. Hasn't hey. started raining yet, not 100 degrees. You just have to wait till December to actually enjoy that state, unlike so many. Uh, Jason, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so Zale, I know you come from the competitive WoW scene back before League. I was a, a fighting game player, a fighting game fan before League of Legends was a thing. And the Our Game ad that the Riot production team put out uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way in some ways. You know, another a brilliant ad, well done. They've got great video production work. It's it's professional. But the idea that esports isn't just kind of a name for this type of pro gaming, this really professional pro gaming, but that we really, really need this sports in esports, we need the approval of the Colin Cowherds of the world, that didn't really sit right with me. Um, so I actually took it the opposite way. Uh, like I know what you're saying, but like I, I took it like we don't need their their approval. Like it's our game. It's not their game. Like who who gives a shit if if he thinks it's sports who gives a shit if he thinks it's legit who gives a shit if um if espn like you know if these guys care or think it's a joke or think it's whatever like like from what i take from it is that it doesn't matter what they think because it's it's not their game it's our game right like it's it's our esports we're already watching it we're already enjoying it we've already been doing it it's literally been my entire adult life um like i don't think it, it matters what they think that that's what i took away from it um, but like, I could totally see what, what you mean as far as like, it's like, oh, these guys don't think it's real or whatever, but I, I take it more as they don't think it, it's real. Who cares? It's our game. It's not theirs. Isn't that just like when you have, you know, when ESPN like retweets ESPN esports, and you get all the people going, who cares? And everybody says, well, you cared enough to comment. Isn't that like caring enough to address them? Like as a main point so of advertising. So you're suggesting, sorry, we're going very meta now. You're like, who <laughs> cares? We care because we're saying we don't care. Uh, so your your suggestion is that by even giving them any kind of attention, we're we're doing too much by addressing the fact that they they complain about this stuff. 
Exactly. I mean, I think the word, the fact that it's called esports, the fact that we don't call it pro gaming is already bridging that gap and acknowledging that, hey, this is kind of a sportsish thing. I think to go beyond that and enter that realm of, you know, the like sports talk TV hosts, you're just talking to the sports talk TV host at that point. Um, I, I mean, can yeah. kind of understand the idea that like the people that those people have like reached to are not people who you're going to probably entice into your ecosystem anyways. So I, I can kind of understand that, that like people who listen to Colin Coward shit on esports are probably not people and like agree with him are probably not people who would ever enter anyways into the space. Uh, so I can kind of understand that sentiment, but I also am fine being like, Hey, these people don't like us. Uh, and they, they're important people, but we're still doing great. Look at this stadium. Like, look at how we filled this out. You know, I think, to, to Azale's point, I do appreciate that that we're saying like, yeah, we we do this without them, and, and we're gonna keep doing it without them. Yeah, and- we had Kelby on the show a little bit ago, Jason. If you don't know who he is, he handles a lot of he used to run CLG and now handles a lot of sponsorships for different uh, esports teams uh, via Twitch. And his point was that that video is really valuable, even from just a sponsorship perspective, and that you can kind of show this to a sponsor and any sponsor that has in their mind like you know, oh, what is this? This is not real or something. It, it's very illuminating. So maybe the argument is that's a video that's better for those specific situations rather than for the League of Legends audience, but I actually found it to be pretty valuable and illuminating in, in certain ways, at least. I, I'd, also, I'd also say, like, Mark and I had, I think, this discussion a little bit on Twitter a while ago, but um, and I think maybe we're on a little bit different sides here, but um, I feel like you know, as far as the, like, oh, you're having that conversation, you do care enough or whatever. To me, having the conversations with, like, so it's you're talking about, like, Colin Coward or whatever, someone specifically who is not going to, to agree with you. Like, maybe that guy is never going to care about esports. Maybe that guy is very clearly never going to watch it. But I, I don't fully buy the argument that there's no one who watches him who could ever be interested, right? And that's that's where I think it it's it's worth having the conversation sometimes, right? Like, I don't, I don't care if, if like, if that guy on ESPN doesn't actually want to call it sports, but someone going on there and, and actually educating the audience and saying, Hey, this is actually what is going on. There are like stadiums that are filled. This is really cool. It's super competitive. People are dedicating their life to it. They're playing at an extremely high level. There's amazing content being built around it. There's uh, documentaries, there's interviews, there's everything, right? There's music videos, there's cool shit. And for some people, even if the person you're directly talking to, the moderator of the show, whatever you want to say, is not actually ever going to listen, some of those shows have a massive audience, right? If there's a million people watching, if there's 500,000 people watching, if there's 10 million people watching, some of those people might be like, hey, that actually sounds pretty cool. Let's check it out. And maybe they like it. Maybe they become interested in it. And that, to me, is why it's worth having those conversations. It's not necessarily about um, trying to convince that specific person. It's about... Uh, like getting the correct information out there and maybe opening the eyes of some people who are a, a little bit more uh, interested or, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, like open-ended or whatever. Yeah. I have a, a small question for Jason. If someone in the Twitch chat pointed this out, is it because you're a FGC player? Because uh, FGC are notoriously against esports. You know, I think <laughs> funny you bring that up and, you know, figured Twitch chat would never let me uh, sneak anything by. Uh, you know, I feel like when esports was starting to pop up, even like StarCraft 2 maybe before uh, before League became the predominant game, 
I was definitely talking to a lot of other fighting game folks just saying, nah, esports is just another word for competitive gaming, man. It's not it's not a thing. It's just a synonym. It's just another word. So maybe I am a little hypersensitive to this, to this idea that there's more of this sports crossover than I thought there was in the first place, and that maybe I tried to lead others to think as well. Uh, that could definitely play a role. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Jason, for calling in. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, and uh, hope hope things stay good in Arizona. I always hear Mark leave the channel as you're saying goodbye, and I <laughs> I think the person just you, hung up. Yes, you would, no, I thought I kept thinking you would kick them out, and yeah, yeah. you're saying the goodbye. So we, I've done that before, where like we we drop them really quickly. Uh, Mark, I'm thinking maybe another 15, 20 minutes of this because uh, I know Zale's been on for a little bit longer than we were originally expecting. And also, maybe if uh, any subs in the sub chat want to spam some questions, if they want to get on the show, try and grab Yeah, I've, I've grabbed a couple subs, I think. I you have to call them out so I can thank them. Reformed Jehovah oh, I Witness. Thought, I thought you knew all your subs, Travis. Reformed Jehovah Witness brings some, some religion. <laughs> not only does he not thank you, he doesn't even remember you. He, think, he just sees $5. Reformed Jehovah <laughs> Witness brings some political, religious stuff onto the show. Uh, how's it going? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Philly. Okay. Hi. And uh, as, are you, by the way, are you a big fan of the Philadelphia Overwatch team? Definitely not. Okay. No Philly teams. <laughs> okay. Did you see the video that they took down about, about this is how we do it in Is, is that not how they do it in Philly? Yeah. Can you answer as, as a local? No, that's not. That's not how we do it in Philly. Would they have done better if they just branded it as Philadelphia or whatever? <laughs> oh, my God. Would that have been better that's... for esports branding? No, don't do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to call you RFJW uh, for this, cool. the rest of this. Uh, RFJW, what do you got for us? I have a hot take on TSM's new bot lane, um, Mithy and Sven. I think the best thing to come to the West, well, not the West, to um, NA since um, Honey and Rain over. Okay. Because um, more where they kind of revamped how people played top and um, jungle. Cause they had a lot of techniques and new things that you didn't do. I think Sven and Mithy, even though they're not going to revamp it, um, the advantage over every other team because they have Bjerg and he's a not an import. So they always had two import slots. Now they have two imports in the bot lane. They free up a lot of talent. Biofrost can still go somewhere. Devil can still go somewhere. Nowadays, and NA are pretty good except for like three. Like FlyQuest bot lane's pretty butt. Um, Golden Guardians oh. is pretty butt. But they can all get, these three can get better. Like eventually they're going to pick up supports might get better who knows okay we're kind of using you RFW. I, I, I think the, the point he's making what the f uh, well, the point he's making is that uh the move is great for the region as a whole uh just because Sven and Mithy are really good and it frees up tsm's native bot lane to go to other parts which was also good already so you're just vastly improving the bot lane uh of north america as a whole yeah. Yeah. Now, now I thought it was um generally pretty weak. Like we would go to world. Sometimes we'd have decent tops. They weren't amazing, like you said, like hunters world tier. But they weren't amazing. But they would hit with the heavyweight sometimes. Pretty yeah. booty. Well, like, our bot lanes are supposed to be worlds, better, and he would he would get trashed. Our bot lanes are supposed to be better, and then they go to worlds, and then something goes wrong. Where where I think a lot of people feel like they underperform. Uh, maybe Sne but Sneaky had a good year this year at worlds. Yeah. I mean, Sneaky, Sneaky, I feel like, is, is always the same. I feel like he's just consistent, right? Like, that's, I think, why he seems to do well, you know, internationally, regionally, whatever. It's like, yeah, I think, clearly, his highs 
are generally not as high as like doublelift or whatever, but he's all he's always consistent and um, feels like doublelift has more ups and downs. But I think it's I think it's actually a, a pretty pretty cool thought. Like I actually like where you're going with it because I thought your hot take was going to be that Zven and Mithy were going to be really good, and I was like, ah, dog, they won like five times in a row in EU. Everyone knows they're good, but, <laughs> um, but I think the idea that it can actually really improve the bot lane as a whole, I think, is really cool um, because. The sort of moves that can can actually shake up how a region goes and, and how the other teams are playing is is yeah. something that can actually affect the region as a whole, which is really cool. So, I'm definitely interested, even even just to see you know like doublelift and Olay going up against them and this sort of thing and having you know even if doublelift ends up being better than Zven or whatever because he now has a higher level of competition to play against, then that's really cool. Like that is something that's good for the region. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much, well, honestly, RFJW, for coming on the show. It's a good point. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, have a good one. All right, a couple more calls. And uh, shout out to all the subs who were called in. Uh, and sorry that we missed the fact that you were a sub, but appreciate you coming on. We really appreciate you here on the Hotline League, <laughs> despite what some may say. And Gravesco Not subs, thank you so much, Lord Galactic. Subs, thank you. Ice Orbs subs as well, thank you. King Dante is on the show. Where are you calling from, King Dante? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Calling from Columbus, Ohio. All right. What do you got for us? Um, so my general thought is that Bjergsen as a player, although good in lane, is way too overhyped uh, and isn't as good on the shot calling side. Um, and then their addition to the roster with Mike Young and Miffy, um, they said that that would be you know, like moving forward. They wanted a uh, good synergy between jungle and support. That that's not going to work out as well as they like wanted to. Azale or Mark, I'll let you you take this. Get in there, Mark. I've been talking a lot. Oh, that's why you're on the show, so I don't have to talk as much. You know, I'm trying to outsource. Uh, I think Bjergsen is very, very good. Uh, yeah. Is he overrated in shot calling? It's kind of hard to say. Because they shit on North America most of the time, and he's obviously a large part of that. And then when they go internationally and they fail, like I feel like if you're the guy who gets a lot of praise, you do deserve a lot of the criticism. But I also hardly ever think that he is like a standout reason that they are losing. And I have a hard time attributing it to him specifically, just based off like a hunch that he's the one making them play mm -hmm. passive, because. I didn't think their bot lane played well. I didn't think Sven played well. I, I thought they like didn't have any clear style. Their early game was complete booty. And I don't know how much of that I can lead on um, Bjerg. Whereas like if they were stalling out in the late game after building leads and had no idea how to close, I'd be like, yeah, Bjerg's shot calling sucks. But like I have a hard time believing that he was like tanking all three positions, basically. Yeah. Um, I think especially just watching around uh, Worlds is mostly what I see because obviously in NA there have always been the team that's shit on lane win game uh, but then when you go to an international competition uh, like Worlds where you're not just playing against really awfully compared bot lane mid top lanes that he as a player has not showed up in the way that he's always been presented where it's like this is the best player mid lane and in NA in general and that he, he's, the, he's the fucking best. And it's always felt weird because then you have teams like Cloud9, which I'll be biased to because that's my favorite team, where it's like they generally always get shit talk during Worlds and then perform the best out of any of the NA teams like every year they've gone. Um, and it's, it's just weird to me 
that that team in general, and especially with Bjerg being their main focal point for the team, has just never done better. So one one thing I would say, like I, like I I agree as far as like TSM performance at Worlds obviously has been huge disappointments. I think like no one's really gonna argue with that for 2016 for 2017. Uh, you know there was high hopes and both times they did poorly. Um, especially 2017, no real excuses. Like for you know last year, it was it was much more. I think people were talking about oh well, Biofrost and Hanser really haven't been there. Uh, to me in 2016. You know, when I look at, at TSM, I actually thought that Bjergsen was uh, pretty incredible in 2016 at Worlds. I actually thought he was one of the best performing mid laners in the entire tournament, even though they didn't make it out of groups. Um, like, I thought that Hanser and Balfrost, like, Doublelift, whoever we want to talk about, like, maybe you could say Sven on uh, things other than Lee Sin in 2016 or whatever. Like, I thought Bjergsen was actually really, really, really good in 2016. So I thought, like, you know, to, to kind of, like, group it together doesn't really seem fair to me. Because uh, I thought he was great last year. This year, I thought he was he was fine, but it felt like they just had so many problems. And and to me, as far as like pinning on shot calling, like I, I'm kind of with Mark as far as like it felt like more of a systemic problem. You know, it felt like uh, their drafts were crap. They didn't really have a strong idea of how to play the meta. They uh, were willing to sacrifice too many advantages early game. You know, and like to put it all on Bjergsen doesn't really seem uh, super fair to me, especially when like talking about is he an overrated shot caller when I personally have not really ever heard Bjergsen being like super hyped up as a shot caller. Like yeah. where you know, I think of like High or Afro or those guys being like everyone's like they're godlike shot callers. The only thing I ever really hear, uh, like from the TSM Legends and this sort of thing, is Bjergsen saying he doesn't want to shot call, like or or when he is shot calling, he feels he can't focus as much on his own things, right? Like my impression is you're bringing in Mithy partially to relieve that burden, so that uh, Bjergsen doesn't have to do as much and he can focus on being more lane dominant and and that sort of thing um yeah but, i feel like tsm you know. has always positioned soren as the leader of the team but that and that has given some people the idea that like he's the captain leading the charge in game uh but i've never really felt like that was like a fair assumption to make that this is the guy that's like the key to to all their brilliance i i always kind of felt like on tsm it was a mix of a bunch of different people calling and saying things in game mm. Because uh, I know when when Doublelift was on the team, I, I remember hearing a lot of it, and maybe it was I just kept rehearing it from the same thing, but it was like Peter and uh, Bjerg were the two main voices of the team, yeah. and that in 2017, Hanser had kind of stepped up and started taking charge, but that that's where that conception at least came from, was hearing that since he was a big part, or a big voice of the team. Well, and so I think, about, I think he's think about I think what he's we've vocal. heard. Yeah, think about what we've heard, because... Bio and Sven, or Bio and Sven were supposedly, from from what Reggie said, removed because they weren't vocal during the matches. And you lifted like listed like Doublelift and Bjerg are the main uh, voices in the game. With Hanser stepping up in 2017, we've now listed like three of the players from the team, except for the two that you know were removed because they're too quiet. So that tells me that it's less about Bjerg on that team and more about you know everybody kind of contributing, except for the guys that were quiet. Okay. But then is the Mithy and Mike Young duo going to be the thing that fixes that? Well, that's because a big question. Is. Right? Like, yeah. that to, to me, the that, that exactly, that's the big question. Like, Sven and Mithy may be proven, but that's, like, like I, I tweeted about this. I talked about this on the dive a little bit. Like, I think Mike Young had some great moments last year. But I also think that after Rift Rivals, he had very few great moments. Like, he, he was not super, super impressive. Um 
the things I think Mike Young, like why people are very excited about him, why I think a lot of teams want him is because he communicates well. He's uh, mechanically talented. Uh, he seems like a nice guy and a hard worker, right? Like that's a lot of things kind of working for him. But like, as far as does it fix it? I, who knows? Because like, I, I think it's super risky move for TSM. Like if you're picking up Sven and Mithy with the idea of we're trying to win right now, then you're also having a rookie on your team where even if you slam an A and you win, you win the finals summer and spring. Great. You go off to worlds and then you're now playing on a stage where Mike Young has no experience, uh, will have never been. And if he's, you know, if he has like a 2016 monster level performance or whatever, where he's just for a reason, it's too much pressure, doesn't do as well, then your year is gone again, right? So like, you, I, I don't think there's any way to really know how people will perform in those super, super high pressure situations at Worlds until they've been there. And that's why I personally think that uh, rookies are really, really risky for a team that's supposed to be doing well at Worlds. And, and that's why like, I personally felt like if you're trying to guarantee success immediately, then someone like Smithy probably makes more sense because you maybe know more what you're going to get, but doesn't mean that that was even an option. Doesn't mean that they thought it was as good of an option, but uh, I, I definitely think it's risky because you're, you're never going to know until you get to Worlds, no matter how well they do in, in, in their own region. Thanks so much, King Dante, uh, for the call. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, we've got three left, three callers left, and then we'll be wrapping the show. I'll hang out afterwards on the stream uh, for folks. And uh, yeah. Mark, we'll be back here in a second. How are you doing, Azale? You getting tired? Is it past your bedtime? Uh, I'm good. We'll do, we could do a couple more yeah, for uh, for our mounts. Okay, yeah, we got these three more, and I think we'll be good. Okay. As Mark figures out what's going on with them, I never know what's going on in that that side of the call. You know, he drops down there. You see his mouth move. He's talking to them. Sometimes it takes long. Sometimes it doesn't. Oh, and there's Drees, who is a sub to the channel. Thank you so much, Drees, for your support of the show. What do you want to talk about and where are you calling from? I am calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay, I had some family up there. And what do you yeah. want to talk about? Um, I'm here to talk about the 100 Thieves roster uh, and how I think people are vastly underrating what they're going to do this split. You've got uh, just a, a really good roster built around communication and macro play. You're like, people are like, yeah, they're going to lose lane, right? Like, none of these players, except maybe the exception of Someday, are going to, like, vastly overperform. But this team can play around, like, the 4-1, the 1-3-1 that, like, Dignitas wasn't able to. You have Afro and Medios who can, like, help with that, right? My question to you would be, how can you make that judgment if you if we don't even know who their AD carry is? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. you got like, four if, players, and they're going to do super Yeah, mining. like, do you, do you still feel like they're going to be godlike if tomorrow... Uh, Travis has announced as their AD carry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like I, you know I for can... sure they're tanking, right? <laughs> like you know, so, there so are some weights so question. heavy. Like look at the, what they did with Stixay, and again, it's like a small sample size, right? But Afro took in a relatively unknown rookie who can do it. So yeah, you you but... think it doesn't matter who their AD carry is? They're still no. going to do really well. Nope. The AD carry doesn't matter if. Ideally, you want, like, the Cody son. You want, like, somebody who you know can perform. But even with the rookie, you can that you don't need that rookie to, like, overperform. You need them to be, like, okay. You're looking for the cleanup AD carry. You don't need anybody to make that flashy play. Like, I know Mark and you guys might be low on some of the, uh, like, in, on Ryu a little bit. But I think in the team fights, I think he positions relatively well. He can Sometimes he can be clutch, but you don't need him to be clutch. You need someday to be clutch in these situations. Well, so... 
on the on the point about Afro making anyone okay, I would say he's he's a, not quite the player he was in 2016. Uh, at least in terms of individual like laning, like him and Six A have gotten smashed sometimes, and Six A wasn't like a nobody despite not having a ton of exposure. He was on the CLG Academy team and was living in house already. I'm pretty sure, so he was like groomed for quite a while, um, and it wasn't just Afro grooming him. And uh, so I, I think you have to be careful with any like just like oh he'll be fine with any rookie because he got he was he was losing lane pretty hard with Six A at points, and both of them were doing some brain dead stuff in lane. On the point about who their AD carry probably is, can we just all say hypothetically, let's say it's Cody? Does that sure? What does that do for that's Azale? Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Just yeah, on I, on that level of player, what does that do for you, Azale? Uh, then then I mean I, I think that they would be like at, at least a playoff team. Like I, I I we we talked about like all the rosters and stuff on the dive. I don't think anyone was particularly down on on this roster. Like uh, to me, like Ryu, you don't really know like what you're gonna get. Like you, maybe he's gonna be mid level, maybe he's gonna be lower level. Uh, Medios. My big question with Medios is not like oh is can can he like be good because you know he showed some like some strong games with P1. It's uh, how committed to it is he? Because, you know, when he was on P1, he was saying, like, you know, in interviews and so on and so forth and on a stream, that he wasn't really trying to go full-time. He wasn't really trying to, like, practice full-time and this sort of stuff. And if you're if you're not going to practice full-time, if you're not going to, like, be fully committed to it, then I think it's really hard to perform really well, like, especially because I think at the jungle world, there's actually really, really good junglers in NA compared to maybe some of the other positions in our region. Um, but I mean, someday was certainly one of the like at the very least top three or or best, depending on who you're talking to. Top laners, I think Afro is a super good shot caller, and if it's Cody Sun, like for all the shit that Cody Sun got after Worlds, like Cody Sun was was doing pretty well in lane with Olay, and and if if they can kind of like replicate that sort of success, then the team starts to look like pretty good, right? But um, like I, I don't think it's it's a team that could challenge for the top, but I do think it's a team that w- would be a playoff team, and like the upside is maybe you know like. You're a top three team or something. Therese, where where do you think that they're going to be? Um, I think two or three. And, and I guess this is in the context of in spring split, who knows how well they do. I agree. There's like some questions on motivations. I, I think there could be problems with that. But like down the line, you know, like there are teams that are going to beat this like in lane, you know, TSM and um, Liquid. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Come immediately to mind where they're going to lose in lane. The question is like, can they can this roster stabilize the mid game? And I think when you go to like a Worlds and an international event, I think yeah, they, they're going to struggle stabilizing the mid game. But in the context of NA, you only have two teams who I think can really beat them in lane handily. I mean, maybe you think C9, maybe you think CLG can really challenge them. Again, I don't see either of those teams right now in the current lineup as being a laning team. I think you look at those as like. They can get through the lane, and then they have the experience um, to to close it out. So I do think, like, in Summer Split going into Worlds, I think 100 Thieves is the roster we're going to be, like, hoping for. You know, maybe the, the inheritor of the old CLG uh, kind of idea that they maybe they aren't the strongest laners, but they go into the macro game and they win. Dries, uh so, okay, so you're placing them ahead of C9 and CLG. You said two or three. So I'm assuming you're putting TSM or TL over them in a situation where they are number three. This is always one of my favorite things. So who do you think they are possibly better at than to get to? Either TSM I or think TL. They, I think with TSM has like the pedigree, the history. I think they will they have strong enough laners where those laners are gonna do well. With Team Liquid, 
I, I, they have a strong uh, roster. Nobody can deny that. But I think that's the one they come above. I think T- uh, 100 Thieves gets number two over Team Liquid. Okay. The one thing I'll give those teams, or at least 100 Thieves over TL, is I feel like, at least with Prawley, you have a little bit more proven of a coach. Uh, whereas with um, TL, like you have Kane, and then you're not exactly sure who else. And Kane you know, was working with who knows what kind of like situation initially, but hopefully it's better. Also, cute dog. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy. She's uh, she's unfocusing the webcam. Get her out of here. Thank, thank you so much. Hurt in the production value. <laughs> well, well, the, the great thing is I love it when we have people like you guys call, call on because <laughs> you make these bold predictions and then you know at some point in time one of these bold predictions is going to come true and there'll be a clip on the subreddit advertising the show. It'll be great. That's okay. Clip me, guys. I'm ready. Yeah, swing for the fences, you know. Thank yeah, you so I gotta much. get on the front page again. Thanks, Golden guys. Guardians are go. going to be number one. All right. Who, who How much next? more time do, do you have, Azale? How much more do you want to do? Two more uh, callers. He said, he said we had three, and that was like one ago, so we got two more. Yeah, We're in there. Two, yeah, more callers, well, two more callers. Yeah. Go, go, go. Okay. Yeah. Daisy Daisy could ask some questions, too. Yeah. Uh, can you can you talk about your dog? How old is it? Uh, so, she's six months old. Okay. Before we get uh, with this caller, there's a lot of people who dropped out of the waiting room. Uh, this show, and I apologize, but there's time constraints, so I can't just like bring you back on. And you've you've kind of been replaced, and it's unfortunate that you know either your mic stopped working or you lost your internet. I know that happened to some of you guys, but it's I, I can't do anything about it at this point. But you can always come back next show. Natsuki fourteen, where are you calling from? And thank you for being a sub, courtesy of Bobacola. <laughs> yeah, it was so random. He subbed to me. It was really nice. Yeah. I'm uh, from the Netherlands. From the Netherlands. What time is it there? 7 a.m. Okay, well, thank Brand you for early. The, the early morning call-in. Uh, what do you now want to talk to about? Sleep after. I want to talk about how I think Echo Fox roster is pretty bad. They got Dardock, which I don't think Dardock is... Like, he's a good player, but he's had issues on all these teams that had really good resources, really good staff, like Immortal, CLG, and Liquid. And he never fit with any team. They all think they, like, can make him work, but none of them actually can make him work. I... I think Echo Fox will have the same issues. I think Adrian has also had some team issues in the past with his personality or some other stuff. I'm not sure. So what is your what is your take? So you, uh, do you think that they aren't good or that they are going to blow up? I think that Dardock is going to get replaced with like after Spring Split. Okay. Because most teams have replaced him so far. And I don't think Phoenix is an upgrade over Froggen. I'm not sure where Froggen is going. He doesn't seem to have a team. No, I don't think he has a team. Uh, so uh, there's been a lot of stuff this offseason about how Dardock is coming around and, and picking up his attitude. Do you do you buy any of that or no? Uh, I haven't seen any of that. If that's the case, I hope so, because I think he has a lot of potential. He could be a really good player if he if he fixes his attitude. I think he could be a top jungler in NA. Yeah. All right, so to let's... be fair, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of that literally every split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so and I was... then literally every split, he's on a new team. Yeah. Uh, so along that line, Azale, let's let's play a game of like the percentage that it happens, like you know, seventy percent he doesn't reform, thirty percent like something like that, and then the upside and downside of each, you know. So he does reform, and then they probably end up a top whatever team. Um, I mean, so so if if we're saying like you know, Dardock has a complete attitude shift, and Dardock is mm-hmm. you know is your model citizen. He's a great player. Like I, I completely agree. He's a great player. And to me, like you know, is Phoenix better than 
than Froggen. I don't know. Uh, but it's Huni and NA. And I think that Huni is like, is just immediately the best top laner in, in the region. Like, you know, you can talk about SKT losing worlds, and, and I know some people blame Huni, but Huni did really well at worlds. He still was able to dominate, like, and and have some very impressive carry games. You know, on Jason, on these sorts of champions against the very best top laners in the world. Like, I think that you can easily have Dardoch camping for that sort of lane, and you end up in like a rain over Huni type situation where they're just smashing the season because like you can play so heavily around him. Like, I, I just don't see even even if Dardoch is like is not reformed or is not the model citizen or whatever, I still don't see this team being that bad just because I personally have like a lot of faith in Huni and just his ability to carry carry games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly like, it's certainly concerning as far as, you know, if Dardoch is not really like, you know, it has not changed. If he is causing problems, if, if Adrian is causing problems, if, you know, there's having those sort of roster issues, the team doesn't, doesn't do very well, right? Like the team is not going to be uh, like competing for a championship, no chance. The team is maybe going to get playoffs and then immediately lose. Like that's not the kind of thing you want when you have someone coming straight from the world finals back into your region, right? My prediction for Echo Fox is that they, especially because you have to remember we're switching to best of one. This team will just be insane because sometimes they will have amazing games and they'll they'll knock somebody out of first place, and other times they will lose to the worst team in the league that they will just be like super volatile you never know what you're gonna get sometimes they'll look amazing sometimes it'll be a disaster i actually somehow agree with travis's uh analysis i think uh even a broken clock is right twice a day (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think this will be a really hard team to judge for sure um i think if dardock works out you have a potentially like top four or five team like dignitas um is was a team that finished top four you have the same bot lane. Uh, I would say Huni is better than Someday, at least internationally from what we can see. His English is really good, which I think is super important. And so I think he has a better influence. And he, he, he's super super fucking good. So I could see a, a better Dignitas here. And don't then, you like, think that... Oh. oh, go ahead. Don't you think that Huni would get very tilted if Dardoch is being, like... If he's not reformed. I think Huni, just coming from SKT, like, great team. You know, getting the bells from Koma. He's, like, super good. And then... If Dardoch's attitude is like super shitty, I think Huni would be pretty tilted from that. Well, so that was. That I don't was even where know if he with... got the belt from Koma, by the way. I mean, the rumors I was hearing at Worlds is that like <laughs> Huni was arguing with Koma, and it was like a shit show. So yeah, they still have some wonky picks. Yeah. Time, so we'll see. But I, I think uh, if Dardoch does work out, I think you're looking at like top four, top five. If he doesn't, who knows? Thank you so much, Natsuki, for calling in. Uh, great to hear yeah, from you, and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, I'll go. All right, we've got one last person here at the end of the show, and we'll do some <laughs> shout-outs and wrap it up. Uh, we got Sprint Speed on the show, uh, and the only thing we know about him so far is that he works for our future sponsor, Geico. Uh, Sprint uh, Speed, <laughs> uh, where are you calling from? How do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, hey, calling listen, from... when it comes to sponsors, I remember everything. Yeah, subs, cool. not so much. Subs, they're hard Just to keep track disclaimer. of, but you only need to land uh, one sponsor to make something profitable. I uh, can't discuss any strategy as it might relate to Geico. Yeah, I understand. Right now, I'm, just I'm here to talk to Gazette. Where are you so, calling from? Yeah, yeah, I just want to throw it out there in case my boss sees this clip. Yeah. Uh, I'm from uh, the D.C. area. <laughs> I've actually met uh, both of you, uh, Mark and Travis, in person multiple times, and I'm Ooh. really good friends with one of Travis's colleagues, so 
I've low-key been stalking you for a few years. Hope that's, you don't mind. A little but, creepy. Uh, which one of my colleagues? Uh, she has described herself as Doublelift's mom. Not sure if that makes it easier or harder. But she also leads the Rift Herald. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I know. Yeah, I was actually gonna meet her in New York, and she's like, "No, I'm hanging out with Travis." Bye. Yeah. What do you uh, got? What do you got for us? All right. So uh, I wanted to talk to Exile right here. Um, he made the transition from pro World of Warcraft player into caster. So I was wondering what kind of uh, specific struggles or metrics he had to you had to overcome uh, in becoming a caster, or what you found really difficult. And then, as maybe in addition to that. After going from World of Warcraft to League of Legends, obviously you probably had a stronger base in the WoW scene. Uh, what did you find particularly difficult about that transition between game to game? And if you have any thoughts relating to kind of this burden on a lot of analytical casters when they have to switch titles? Um, I, I think as, as far as going from pro to, to caster, uh, there's like there's a lot of things that you don't really think about i guess i guess it's very easy to just watch the games and think oh okay well i know about this i can talk about it very easily uh, some of the obvious things is removing fillers as much as you can trying to you know control the tone of your voice like all these things but to be mm -hmm. honest a lot of that stuff was just so much less important in wow because there was not a super strong base of casters and just because i was a current pro and i was one of the best i could I could cast WoW without really desperate. being a good caster. Yeah. They were just like, please <laughs> like, eat they, one. Come on, they, they, don't put it like that. It. I mean, it's 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 not something like League where it's super, super developed, right? And there was this huge uh, amount of competition. Like, the first thing I ever cast for WoW was literally a BlizzCon because, like, I was known enough in the game and had, like, a big history in the game. So I was able to do it just based on my game knowledge, just based on my brand within that game. Um so like i feel like it wasn't more until later on where it was more competition like casting you know starcraft casting hearthstone and these sorts of things that i started really having to like work more on technique um part of it i think just came for me with like uh you know seeing what other people did did better than me and trying to work on it over time and just trying to improve as i go uh, i think the bigger struggles as far as realizing how different it was going from from other games like blizzard games to league uh league and some other games as well you know i guess counter-strike is kind of more similar have very different defined roles right when i was casting wow i could be talking about the analysis of the game and then something crazy is happening and then now i'm doing play by play and it's the same thing with starcraft is hearthstone is like very conversational so that's kind of different like there's not there's not like right. the play by play guy and the analyst guy right in wow I was doing both. I could talk about why it was happening, but then I could also be popping off and, and doing play-by-play. -play. And I actually kind of like that. But when you move over to League, there's super defined rules. A Riv is your play-by-play. -play, you're the you're the color caster. Or you're the analyst. So you have to actually like stay within your lane, kind of so to speak. And that was, I think, the biggest struggle as far as um, swapping swapping like casting style wise from one game to another is never like kind of stepping on their toes like never trying to um actually do do their job or whatever right because if you're filling their space then they don't have anything to say uh so that was something that i think was difficult uh that was definitely the most difficult thing i think going from blizzard games to to league uh mm -hmm. and then the other thing i would say as far as like the burden of of learning a new game it's it's almost the same thing i was saying you know to the earlier guy as far as like oh if it's pro gaming or if it's casting or whatever I, I truly believe that you cannot be like really, really good 
and really, really knowledgeable unless you actually just really enjoy the game. Because I wouldn't want to be casting League if I didn't feel like I knew a lot about it. And I wouldn't know a lot about it if I just didn't play it all the fucking time. Like, I play right. so much League, right? And and I wanted to cast League because I wanted to play League and I didn't want to play the Blizzard games anymore. I was bored of them. And I was really enjoying League. So it's like, when I was doing Hearthstone, like, I enjoyed Hearthstone for a really long time, but I was, I was bored of the game. So playing the game all the time and studying the game to cast it was not fun for me anymore. But uh, League was fun to play. And so I played it all the time and I learned it. And like, as a result, I became knowledgeable. And from there, then it's, you know, it didn't feel like as much of a burden, so to speak, because I was doing it since I enjoyed it. Yeah. So uh, if you can speak to this, do you think the style that Riot implements in terms of its casting duos, where they like to kind of switch up the pairings, do you think that might be uh, more or less effective in other titles like Hearthstone, where maybe you want it to be more of a conversation um i think i think in a game like hearthstone there's like everyone basically is the same role so i don't think that like you need like a play-by-play and and a color caster to me like hearthstone should actually be only like your color casters or analysts like i don't think that like a hype guy serves almost any purpose in hearthstone Look at that red <laughs> yeah oh yeah exactly God. like there are some people that do it but like i think it's pretty worthless like it like any anyone can can be excited about like a cool play or whatever right like it doesn't you don't actually need good play-by-play in hearthstone so in a game like that i think it uh it certainly wasn't needed honestly looking back at at like wow or whatever i think it could have been better and same thing with um with starcraft i think it certainly could be improved by having more defined roles because one of the biggest things is people just step on each other's feet way more when there's not like a clear line right i know I know that when the fight starts, if Mark is my play-by-play, I'm supposed to shut up and he's supposed to start popping off, right? Like that should be a even if I'm not your play-by-play, a little bit of a rule, <laughs> just in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just just a, a, good, a good all-around rule. But <laughs> yeah. but I mean that that's something that it's it's so much less defined, and especially when a lot of a lot of tournaments like if if you're always casting the same person and the roles aren't defined, then that's easier to like get that synergy and be comfortable with that. But um, in WoW and in like a lot of like Hearthstone events and stuff that I did, you're just like slapped together with people that you've like never actually even really cast with or you like don't prep with, you don't like have time to do any of this stuff with. And then you're both basically like just in this ambiguous space where you're supposed to both kind of do both roles. And it's very hard to not step on each other's toes somewhat. So like if I, sometimes mm. people will, like send me clips of, of like WoW casting and stuff, be like, ah oh, man, I really miss me kiss casting WoW. I was like so sick whatever and they link me some youtube clip and i listen to it i'm like holy god this is so bad because <laughs> uh, oh, no. just because i'm just like oh my god we're non-stop stepping on each other we're interrupting each other we're like don't really have a good flow and stuff just because you didn't have the opportunity to like really work on it and, and you didn't have established roles yeah, cool Very good. hey sprint speed thanks so much for calling in um we can talk specifics around a deal later on uh, but really appreciate you. I make no promises. Chatting. Yeah. I'm not here for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. We'll, Please we'll don't get me fired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks uh, so much for all the callers that called in. Uh, really appreciate it. Mark, did you have something? I was going to ask Isaac, who's who do you, who's your favorite to work with, or who do you think you work best with? In league. Yeah, for like, because uh, you're talking about like how pairings and roles help a lot, and I think that like obviously is true. And then like even some specific people just work better together. Like you have a, a more similar sense of humor or whatever. Um, I think I think uh, like if you're if you're talking play by plays, mm-hmm. I think it depends on the type of game. Like, and there's different things that different people do better. Like one of 
so if if I have like a slow game, uh, I think the most like the the best person to cast with is Freak because I feel like Freak knows so much about the game and you can just basically be two color casters talking about the game and theorizing things that they should do and this sort of thing, which like I I kind of like doing like when a game is really really slow. I think that it's kind of nice that uh, you have another guy there who knows so much and kind of go down that road. And then as far as as far as just like who is really fun to cast with. I mean, I honestly like casting with all of them. Um, I think like pastry time can be really fun to cast with because he's just such a high energy. Like you obviously know him. Like he's always in a good mood. He's always so high energy. And for me, like sometimes if I, if I am feeling like more tired or whatever, just like being around him, like kind of like hypes you up and everything and kind of brings up the energy, which I think can make for fun casts. So definitely, definitely fun uh, casting with him too. But honestly, all the guys are really good. Riv's really fun to cast with. Flowers, I think, has gotten so good so fast. Like he's really fun. Like casting with quick shot and stuff a lot, so there's there's lots of really good casters. Who didn't he mention Twitch chat? Find out because that's clearly who he hates. Uh, let's go around. Never do... mentioned Mark Z. Yeah, exactly. Come come to the analyst desk, dude. Say that yeah. to my face. Yeah. Uh, let's go around and uh, do some shout outs and final wrap ups. Mark, you got anything you want to? Here's the pencil for the guy in chat. There's the pencil. There we go. Okay. Good. Uh, I don't have too much to wrap up. I'm probably gonna. So I lost the batteries to my camera, so I think I need to buy some more batteries. Uh, but once 2017, I do that... 2018, year of professionalism in League of Legends esports. My, my batteries are missing from my camera, so I don't know if I could create I was hoping content. they would turn up. They didn't turn up. They never came home. Yeah. I put As you were still like slipping and... down in the webcam window, too. What were you saying? You're no, just... people in chat are, are saying I'm, I'm like giving cold shoulder to Zyrene and Kobe. Those aren't play-by-plays. <laughs> oh, God, chat. Come on. Come on, guys, step it up. Uh, I'll be I'll be putting out some videos this week. I think uh, even if I can't get my cam like find my batteries, I'll just use someone else's. But I'll I'll be putting out some videos this week. So follow my Twitter at the Mark Z. Uh, also check out Offline TV. That's what I'm spending a fair amount of time on because it's the off season. Videos are doing pretty good, so I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, Zale? I'm happy for you. Thanks Do you even for watch them? The show. Yeah. Offline Offline TV. Yeah. Uh course i love all your content <laughs> thanks dude <laughs> Azil, you got anything you want to promote twitter or any no not really i mean my on? twitter thing is right here if you want to follow me go ahead but uh yeah uh it was fun being on the show enjoyed it yeah maybe yeah uh, maybe we'll, we'll do it again sometime yeah maybe if we're lucky thank you yeah. so much Azil, for coming on really appreciate it for me uh i've got a bunch of stuff coming out this week i've got interviews with uh, a team i'm not gonna say who it's a big surprise I've got some rocks Ovali videos coming out, but Ovali didn't have a voice because she got sick. So she's mostly just whispering. It's very depressing and kind of ASMR-tastic. Uh, and then but just a bunch of other stuff. So uh, please check it out. Also, um, I'll be sticking around on the stream for just a little bit longer after we say goodbye to Azale. So I'll be back in a little bit just to hang out and chat with the, the chat because I know people like to do that a little bit at the end here. So anyway, that's the end of the show. Thanks so much for watching.